Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone happy thursday and welcome to the opening drive on 101 espn with brooke grimsley and super bowl champ carrie davis i'm randy Carricker. it's great to have you with us for the next three hours cardinals had the day off last night they'll have the day off tonight and uh, tonight we also have game one of the nba finals here on 101 espn pregame at 6 30 and carrie davis june is here you want to uh implement a new rule. What's that? When the Cardinals get a day off, we should have a day off the next day. I think that's fair. Right. I think that's reasonable. I think <laughs> that's something they get two that... days off, we should have we should have Thursday and Friday off. Needs to be brought to the attention of the powers that be. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. I like this idea. Carrie, you're an, you're an idea guy. I'm a forward thinker. I, I try to, you know, keep people on their toes. So, uh, Brooke, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. Good. Doing really good. Good. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cardinals, even though they didn't play last night. And okay. the question of the day is this. Who are the real Cardinals? They did go in the 19 games they played. They went, uh, was it 12 and 7? What? Yeah. 12 and 7. 12 and yeah. 7 in the 19 games. They picked up three games. 19 games in 19 days. Picked up three games over the course of May. They started the month seven and a half back, and they wound up four and a half back, so they made a little progress there. But the question is, after essentially a third of the season and past Memorial Day, who are the real Cardinals? And, guys, I I think that the problems, and we touch on them all the time, they're incessant, but the problems are, are so obvious. Number one, starting pitching is 11th in the National League in earned run average at 4.81. That is not a number that is worthy, 4.81 from your starters, of being a top-quality team. One of the shocking statistics that I find in the National League is that your St. Louis Cardinals lead the league in starters' innings pitched Hmm. with 303 innings. The Pirates are second at 299.1. The Padres are third at 298.1. So for all of our consternation about the Cardinals not going deep into games, which is legit because relative to 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, they don't, that's the way baseball go right now. People just don't allow their starters to go deep into games. No, it it seems to be kind of a new trend. I know that we discussed it before, but why is that? Is that just kind of the new modern approach? Yeah, it's stupid. Um, (laughs) The new modern, modern, stupid approach. There you go. It is. And here's the thing. These pitchers are very capable of being developed physically to throw seven innings on a regular basis. I saw it. I, I saw Joaquin Andujar do it every single year. I saw Danny Cox do it every single year. And you know what? 
if you limit a guy to 98 pitches and 28 starts and 160 innings, he still gets hurt. Yeah. The the so what you need to do if you're smart, and I'm not suggesting that these people are smart, is you need to revert back to your pitchers playing catch every day to being conditioned to go and then rather than say they can't face a team a third time through the mm-hmm. order let's show some confidence carrie you're a coach don't you tell your players you can yeah. do this yeah yeah you you say you can until you show me you can't yeah and then once you show me that then you don't you don't continue to get those opportunities i thought miles michael is going eight innings the other day was Awesome. He's I said, a man. I said it, yes, I said it after the game. The fact that they allowed it to happen, it may be showing a little bit of uh, give it on their end to saying, hey, we're going to trust our eyes as opposed to the analytics. And as a as a starting pitcher, I think you also have to be con- have a lot of conviction when that, when that manager comes out there if he's trying to come get that ball. Yep. No. We talked to Adam Wainwright, what he said, there are times where – who are you going to bring in that's better than me in this moment? That's the and question. that has to be the mindset when you're out there. And you can take that piece of paper, ball it up, throw it away. It, it, it's no use for that right now. We don't yeah. need it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially during the stretch too in May. And we've seen what a difference it makes when you have a starting pitcher that can go deeper into games. That can, It actually mm-hmm. benefits the team a lot, especially during that long 19-game stretch, especially towards the end here. We saw how the offense really kind of sputtered towards mm-hmm. the end and you could blame that on a lot of different things but I think we all agree that 19 games especially for the position players is a lot yeah. and so you need your starting pitching to come through and Miles Michael is doing that I mean 28 innings pitch if you look over his last four games that's an average of seven innings per game and allowing just four earned runs striking out 17 which I know that 10 of those were came from yeah. Yeah. Tu- from Tuesday but still it makes a huge difference for your guys especially when they're not able to do as much offensively on a consistent basis and the dynamic of your team would change dramatically brooke if jack flaherty could do the exact same thing if flaherty could give you seven innings if you have two guys that are giving you seven innings on a regular basis that protects your bullpen so much when they only have to give you six outs to uh, through 40 percent of your rotation makes all the difference in the world jack flaherty hate to put the pressure on you but it's on you can i be greedy and get three guys it'd be awesome can i can i add jordan montgomery to that to that yes that's i mean he he's not one but you know he's a guy that has been in some games and there was an error or there's a walk and now you're bringing him out of the game if we can get him to also start to turn the corner and and get you seven innings and seven innings quality start and a win we're we're golden now the cardinal bullpen is third to the last in the league in saves and first in blown saves so that's a problem but the other problem guys you look at the offense and we complain about the inconsistency of the offense but when you look at the big picture fourth in runs in the national league fourth in runs per game third in homers fifth in stolen bases ninth in batting average sixth in on base percentage fourth in ops fourth in ops plus but but you go to the outfield left cardinal left fielders 14th out of 15 in our cardinal left fielders 14th out of 15 in the national league in ops center fielders 12th out of 15 in OPS. Right fielders, ninth out of 15 in OPS. In terms of war, Cardinal left fielders are ninth in the league. Center fielders and right fielders both 11th. The Cardinals just aren't getting enough production from the outfield. Yeah, injuries. Those mm-hmm. The guys that they had slated. Injuries and obviously sending one of them down to the minors. Uh, the the three outfielders that you had on opening day are not, on the, are not playing right now. Two of them are hurt and one of them is in the minors. So 
you are trying to, you're scuffling. And I said this, I don't think, I think Brendan Donovan is a wonderful gentleman. I don't think he's an everyday outfielder. I don't think Tommy Edmond is an everyday outfielder. Even if you put him as an outfielder on your all-star ballot. <laughs> that don't happened? think that makes him an outfielder. Gary, Gary, that wouldn't happen. Uh, it happened, yeah. Yeah, it did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> two, of the, two of the three outfielders were infielders so, at one point. Guys, the National League has at shortstop Francisco Lindor. It has Trey Turner. It has Dansby Swanson. It has Willie Adamas. Uh, you have Nick Ahmed. Uh, you have uh, some of the, the great players in baseball playing shortstop in the National League. Guess what position, what, what what team leads all shortstops in OPS in the National League? Guess which one? Well, we already spoiled this because you already told us beforehand. <laughs> beforehand. Well, you're so excited. The, you're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Cardinal shortstops lead the National League in OPS. It's amazing, an isn't it? Job. It is. Yeah. Is, is Hannes going to make the All Star team? He Above better. All of those he names. He had better. That you you just ran down. There's a lot of names there. There are a lot of names. <laughs> Some now, really good guys. The, the best guys always don't make the All Star team, and I'm just <sighs> telling you that our guy. Hannes Wagner, who, by the way, the, the other Hannes Wagner, 1903, age 29, season apples to apples. If you didn't hear yesterday, he went 0 for 38 at one point. Okay. So don't be worked up over this. That Hannes, I think, hit 355. So, um, very recent history there. Yeah, so you know that it can repeat itself oh, very well, soon. Yes. And this card, just get the Cardinals number 11 card from 2023 because in 50 years. The, that era is Wayne Gretzky is going to buy it for like $5 million. Uh, well, I'm going to go out and find that. Yeah, find a find a Keep it in a safe space. I think he's got a, like a, a scientist card where he's wearing a lab coat. Really? Yeah, I think Topps might have made that. Hmm. So anyway, I think the Cardinals' uh, issues are twofold. And to answer the question, what are the real Cardinals? The real Cardinals are probably about a 500 team, mm-hmm. right? They're... Their infield offense is fine. Their infield defense is great. Their outfield defense leaves something to be desired. Their outfield offense is bottom of the barrel. Uh, Their starting pitching is generally pretty bad. And and their bullpen is representative. They've got the elements with the names on the back of the jerseys of being a good team. But the way they're playing, to me, indicates Probably finishing up about 500, which is not what I expected when the season started. Yeah, well, at least going back to the Miles Michaelis thing, too, I kind of hope that that will be the start of the starting rotation, kind of getting back on track. You need it to be because it kind of felt like it took a while for guys to break through. I mean, remember Miles Michaelis, like, what was it, with his first three starts, had like, what was it, 10 10 ERA? ERA, It was terrible. So you kind of hope, and I'm not making the World Baseball Classic an excuse, but maybe that kind of affected things rhythmically with guys kind of getting on track. Brooks, do you Uh see this grid? Do you have one of these grids? (laughs) No, I think you're the only one. Do I have a grid? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. We, we got to start getting you guys a grid. Okay, there, there are four pillars to the show, of which only three have been determined. We need to have a fourth. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the first pillar of this show, and Michelle and I determined this many, many moons ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. All roads lead to hardware. Okay? That's pillar number one. I love that. Pillar number two. Deflect blame at all costs. Okay? So. <laughs> oh, I hit the second pillar. Yes, you did. I didn't even know. Okay. And then uh, the third pillar is keep the panic bus keys handy. Okay. And we, oh, we never gosh. came up with a fourth. So we got to work yeah, on a fourth. fourth but, pillar. Uh, so, yeah, deflect. Uh, 
feel free to uh, deflect blame. Okay, to the maybe WBC. I'll just use it in the way of the pillar of just guys getting back on track, even with the Wilson Contreras situation. Too going back to that because guess what? If you look back in May, can we just talk about how <laughs> how scary the month of May started with that whole situation too of just figuring out what's going on with Wilson Contreras? Um, you also had Nolan Arenado kind of starting out in a slump, but he was able to get out of that, so that was huge as well. So you kind of hope that middle ground is what the Cardinals really are. And you hope that, I think starting pitching has always been something we've been concerned about. I thought it was at least a positive that we saw Miles Michaelis get back to what we know he can be because they need that in the starting rotation right now. It is very much needed. I was thinking about Nolan Arenado and the effort that he puts in on a daily basis, not just what we see on the field, but off the field too. If ever, if there was a Cardinal guy that was going to be affected by playing 19 games in 19 days physically, it's Nolan Arenado, isn't it? I mean, isn't there a reason for the his decline? Energy, the energy guy, the guy that that leans so much into Randy. I was one. I was kind of that guy. I used to have to before games. I had to calm myself down. I would cramp up because I was too excited. I, I would just be so overzealous ready to go play and Nolan has kind of that that mindset of he's going to go out there he's going to play as hard as he's going to do everything mm-hmm. he can and yeah by by game 19 you probably are extremely fatigued and and need a couple of days to get your body yeah. back in, in in the right mindset not an excuse but maybe a reason yeah but then the Cardinals had to put Matt Carpenter on the IL at that time the deal because he was just exhausted because he worked himself into the ground. It happens. Yeah. So somebody from the 314, I think this is very interesting, texted in, since May 6th, the cards are second in the National League in ERA. The pitching is not terrible compared to the rest of the league. It kind of goes back to what you were saying about the innings pitch. Is that something that maybe is a trend that they saw and that's why they weren't so aggressive during the offseason? I don't think that that's it. I think they... I think they just missed the boat in the offseason. I, I I really think that they were stunned by the cost of starting pitching. And usually the yeah. Cardinals are pretty good about foreseeing the market. But I think the market just zoomed past them and they didn't see that coming. Yeah, I'm not saying they should have or if that's their way of thinking. I'm just trying to understand, too, because we talked about that with the starting pitching. And we, we had Mosaic mm-hmm. saying during January... You know that they weren't that aggressive when it came to searching for starting pitching. Then, then they, they were, were. and <laughs> then, you know, and then and then he comes on here with BK Ferrario and says that he was. So I'm trying to still understand that, but you you hope that at least one through five of these guys will kind of come together a little bit more, and you see more consistent starts. Especially as we mentioned, I think Jack Flaherty will be a huge key, and it has to do a lot for your offense too, yeah. right? Giving mm-hmm. them confidence. Yeah, and. Uh, if you ever learn lessons, don't count on pitchers that have been injured in the past, because no? it's it's hard for them to come back. It really is. I mean, Dakota Hudson. They really thought Dakota Hudson was going to bounce back this year. I've been waiting on Alex Reyes for a long time. Yeah, he's going to come back with the Dodgers at some point. Shelby hey. Miller's pitching uh, for the Dodgers. No, uh, not here. No, but uh. yeah, they um, they they needed a veteran starter. We all knew they needed a veteran starter. I think the circumstances conspired against them in terms of getting. A veteran starter. Now looking back, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Who the hell would they have signed that would have been better than what they have? It really wasn't mm-hmm. out there for them. So you just, uh, you know, hopefully you can find a team that is worse than you are come <laughs> trade deadline time, and somebody will trade you pitching. I think one of the things that I don't look at enough when we talk about oh well the Cardinals will be able to cherry pick at the deadline and they'll they'll be able to be buyers well 
right now, the teams that you'd like to get pitchers from are the White Sox and the Guardians. Cardinals are 25 and 32. Uh, the the White Sox are 23 and 35. Uh, the White Sox are in the hunt in their division, and the Guardians are are there. There aren't going to be many teams that sell. And, and by the way, the Guardians have sold in the past, even though they've been in first place. But they're only three and a half games out of first. The White Sox are only seven games out of first. The Cardinals are five out of first. So. There's a lot of teams in the same boat right now that I think with the expanded playoff won't want to move a guy that could help them make the playoffs. Yeah, um, I'm looking. That that guy Shane Bieber looked really good and and was really exciting to watch, even though he did it against the Cardinals. That's a name that has been brought up as potentially uh, a trade piece for the future. But looking at this roster now, it's no one on the current roster that you think is trade Eligible. I mean, maybe right. Paul DeYoung, maybe that's someone, but he's playing extremely well or, or had been until this last six games. He hasn't had a hit, but there is not anyone on the current roster. No. So now you start looking at prospects and you wonder who would be eligible to, to possibly be traded for a starting pitcher if you went that route. That's the thing. And who, if you pursue a guy like Bieber, who, who's a matchup? The Cardinals, the, the, tri- the tribe, the, the Guardians <laughs> need, I, I'm never going to get used to that. The, the Guardians need outfielders and the Cardinals don't have, um, for all of the, the young they outfielders they have, they don't have good ones yes. to move. They, they had one early in the season and mm-hmm. then he got hurt. I you mean, don't want Tyler O'Neill, Dillon. You don't think they if, want Tyler O'Neill, Dillon? You would have done it early before he went on the IL because you're just proving. You just well, proved what everyone already thought. He's always injured. But the thing is, he's uh, teams will want five years of control rather than two years yeah. of control, especially with Scott Boris as the agent. That are. Uh, our start here. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! Getting started early with that with Sick of It next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here on 101 ESPN, we've got Brooke, we've got Carrie, we've got Matthew, we've got Randy, and we've got you with your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Let's practice, kids. 314-399-YO-HO! You're supposed to be doing that in your car. I, and Matthew, you can weigh in on this. I am just sick of being teased, and I'm sick of negativity. Okay. All right? All right? Lionel Messi will leave Paris Saint-Germain after two years at the club. His side said, why is Lionel Messi not being spoken about as a potential St. Louis City SC? Why why can't he join our side? Hmm. We're negative. Hmm. We think we can't do it. Hmm. We are insecure. Lionel Messi should be playing on Saturday night for City. And I'm just sick of uh, being teased by this. And I'm sick of the negativity surrounding our side. (laughs) Uh, Randy, do you know what the uh, he's going to get paid in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> what, that doesn't matter, number? okay? What's the number? 400 million American per year. Okay. 400 but, per year? 400 million American but, per 
<laughs> year. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, but so in the calendar year of the, our Lord, great 2023, that, so he's going to get players, 400 million. Soccer players get their contracts. Um, technically, they they get it listed as weekly, and I'm pretty sure he makes like 360 okay. grand a week. Sellouts every single game. Great right. park, great facilities. Yes. Randy, I, hometown I, discount. Can I have, I, have you I, ever heard about a hometown discount, Randy? I think hometown. if if you're gonna pay uh, Messi or <laughs> Messi. Messi. <laughs> 400 million, the, the, the ticket prices at, at City are going to go up. It's worth it. For, for who? <laughs> I don't think people are going to be able to show up with the, the prices as, as how high they're going to be. Also, you're not allowed to spend more in transfer money than you bring in in a year. So I feel like they might get hit for some financial fair play regulations yeah, okay. there. Our, our owners got they got cash. Okay. Don't worry about that. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they love hearing it's you not say our money. that. <laughs> no, it's not our money. No. Uh, by the way, if he gets here, if he when, gets, no, no, when, no, gets when here, he gets when here, he gets we're, here. We're here. Yeah. Okay, there is a former Chargers running back named you'll remember him, Lionel Little Train James. All right, <laughs> yeah. Lionel Big Train Messi. I thought you were going to say Natron means business. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's what I'm sick of. I'm, I'm sick of the negativity surrounding getting greatness here in St. Louis. Wow. You know, I, I know we had a couple of days off from Cardinals baseball, but I'm sick of the outfield being in shambles. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I, I mean, it's 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 patchwork. You're sick of the infield being the outfield? Yeah, I'm sick Carrie, of the infielders <laughs> in the outfield. Okay, it's been a decade. You haven't gotten used to it yet? Oh, no, I'm not. I have not. I, I, I don't want to see it. I want to see... People that train to play outfield in the outfield, and people that Fair play enough. infield in the infield. Fair I, that makes I don't sense. think Bring that's that holiday out of retirement. I don't think that's too uh, too much to ask for. No. Yeah, it's just, just you think so? It's a little too much. A little too much. Okay, maybe yeah. we got Oscar uh, Mercado. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And Randy. Alec Burleson and Thank Juan you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you guys not He's seen the All Star outfield we're putting out there? Yeah. Lars Newtbar, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan. Lock it up. Interesting. The beginning of the year, they had SB and SS next to their names. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, what I'm sick of, I just posted this on Twitter, too, so that you guys can go look at it on What's Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Brooke? Uh, at Brooke Grimsley. I keep it simple, okay? Simple. Keep, yeah, it, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I pulled it up for you guys over here. Have you guys heard of this guy named Zach Hample? So yes. he struck again last night where he finds a way to put foul him. Foul ball guy. Yes, he is the foul ball guy. He finds a way of way to put himself in position at baseball stadiums where he's able to catch the ball. And he does it. Here, I'll play the video for you guys. Okay. He does it and he got booed. Because here's the thing. He goes to a lot of different stadiums and does this. And look, there's a several different ways to look at this. You could say... All right, that's kind of a talent that he's able to position him himself in a lot of different areas and he's able to kind of scout it out. But at the same time, don't you think some of the best moments is for kids catching it? Yes. Yes. That's and a grown man. That's a grown man. He looks like a child. He's referred to on um on the Twitter machine as a blanking dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's actually been banned from some minor oh, league good. stadiums as well. And, and some people have pointed out, have come to his defense, like, look, like that's kind of a talent in itself that he's able it's to scout. Yeah, yeah, that he's able to scout it out in that way. But at the same time, if there's kids around and things like that, I, I have seen him catch it where there were some kids trying to go after it as well, too. It needs to go to the kids. To to the, kids. The, the kids gotta play what better. What is he doing with all those balls? Oh, the you're saying gotta they gotta better. be okay. The kids gotta play better. Knock him out. I mean, yeah. if you want the ball. It's so, a tough lesson. 
In, Tough in, lesson early on. Learn it early. In Peoria, the Cardinals A-ball affiliate in Peoria, which is two and a half, three hours away, every day is Pooches at the Park Day. So last week, my son and his girlfriend took her dog to a game in Peoria, and Goose, the Rottweiler, caught a foul ball. Mm. And he really oh, enjoyed nice. it. Yeah. So go to Peoria. You can get to get as many foul balls yeah. as you yeah, huh? yeah. Cool. even the dogs catch him. Uh, Matthew, what do you got on the old text line? Sick of it. Hearing about Randy Rosarena, if he was still with the Cardinals, he'd be in Memphis working on his swing. It's true. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it's true. It's actually probable. Yeah. <laughs> Sick of it. Is no one telling Lionel Messi about the free zoo? Clearly. Thank you. Hello. He can buy his own zoo. <laughs> and put his own animals in there. If he buys it, then by definition, it's not free. Oh, well, so that's the that's the key mm-hmm. selling point. Yeah. St. Louis City tickets go up why 10 times the price that they are now. Why do you think Paul Goldschmidt's here? <laughs> free zoo. Free, Hello. Clearly. Why not? We should ask you know, him. Why is, why is Adam that, Wainwright? I, we'll ask Adam next week. What's the main reason you never left? What's the main reason you never left? Here's the thing. When you got kids, <laughs> it is kind of important. I have gone to zoos oh. in other cities. And this is the best zoo. Yes. You go to cities. San Diego has a really good zoo, but you got to pay for it. It's like 65 bucks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but imagine you're Lionel Messi and you're in Saudi Arabia and you just go like full Pablo Escobar and you just start flying in like tigers and hippos and just mm. keep on going with it. You should be aware of hippos. They are again. He's paying for it. Thinks. They're the deadliest animal to humans yeah. in the world. Yep. And um, By Pablo way, Escobar's hippos are uh, still running, are rampaging across Colombia still. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Question: How's the toasted rav in Saudi Arabia? Not very good. Thank you. I can't, I can't imagine very good. <laughs> toasted rav. How's the gooey butter cake? <laughs> I can't imagine very good. Not very good. Uh, Lionel, St. Louis is where it's at. St. Louis has it all from A to Z. We've got the Gateway Arch. Yep. Barcelona, Antiques, Paris, St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> I'm sick of certain MLT beams being allowed to have fields that aren't close to a normal field dimension slash condition. I know it's supposedly historic, but at a certain point, it's weeds on your outfield wall or big green eyesore. Sick of it. No, it's a it's, it's the largest bar in the world. Chicago? Yeah. Wrigley Field? Yeah. Mm. It's people don't go there to watch baseball. They didn't even, yeah. People they, go there they, they used to just have old style. day drinking. They didn't yeah. even have light nights, oh, night games. It's unbelievable. They drinking all day. Oh, go brother. right down to Rush Street right <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> you got that right, brother. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Uh, 618 says, I'm sick of this lady applying makeup while driving. Nearly rear-ended me twice. For the record, I wrote this at a stoplight. <laughs> well done. Oh, my uh, gosh. Okay, Brooke, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on applying makeup while in car driving? I'm going to say thumbs down. Okay. I I may or may not have done it before <laughs> when I was younger, before my frontal lobe was fully developed. You know, but uh, now you will you will not catch me doing that. I will wait. I will stop. I will put it in park. I will not put any of you guys at risk. I promise. Thank you. That is a dangerous thing. I mean, you're clearly like you're looking in, in the mirror. Oh, no, I would never do mascara or anything it, like oh, that. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. In the mirror. Hey, 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 hey. This car's up there. You're, you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> Many times, 70 miles an hour. <laughs> I made the mistake when I was a little kid of telling my mom, like, Mom, I don't think you should be doing it while you're driving. Uh, yeah, it was, didn't work it out was, well. It was not the smart. It yeah. was not the right thing to say. Hey, we grew up in a similar household, right? <laughs> so, stay out of arm's reach, Carrie. Stay out of arm's reach. Indeed. If you've never uh, texted Texted in, you may or may not have the knowledge that we yes. can respond to your text. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they learn, Randy. Did, um, did the did the guy respond? 
Um, uh, oh, the Hannes Did Hannes he, 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 he hit us with a laughing emoji. Oh, okay. So I guess he gets the joke now. Oh, okay, okay, good. Yeah, somebody was complaining that I was... Complaining, comparing Paul DeYoung to Hannes Wagner, and I'm not. Paul DeYoung's just way better. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Amzinger next to talk about TV and baseball on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Singer is the lead anchor for MLB Network. He is a native of St. Louis. He is a product of the Lindenwood University. He does magnificent work. He's the best TV broadcaster in the business. And he joins Brooke and Carrie and Randy on the opening drive every Thursday. And he's with us now. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I laugh every time you say that. I love you for it. I really love you for that. But I laugh every time you say that. I, you know, I played a game last night to end your show. And I'm going to play the same game with you guys. That's cool. Yep. Uh, last night was Joe Namath's 80th birthday, okay? No, yesterday. And he's known for making the guarantee of Super Bowl three against the heavily favored Baltimore Colts. He guaranteed the Jets would win, and they did. Epic, epic guarantee. So we decided to make a guarantee for baseball, okay? Mm. I guarantee that the Tampa Bay Rays will go to the World Series. They're the best Mm. team in the American League. I'm guaranteeing it. It'll be a beginning to end domination of baseball. So I think the guarantee is the Rays go to the World Series. Give me a baseball guarantee that you know it's going to happen. Okay, this is this is a good one. <laughs> I, and I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to go long shot. I, I I like yours. I am going to say that the Los Angeles Dodgers win the NL West. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, you know what? That's a good guarantee. Oh, are we going? Okay. Yeah. I still think that the Cardinals can win the division. Mm. No. Wait. Wait. But we're guaranteeing it. Oh, guaranteeing <laughs> it. Sure. You, you yeah. guarantee. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a lot of conviction. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, Brooke, Brooke, it's like death and taxes, right? You guarantee it's going to happen. <laughs> so it's, it's a guarantee, right? Yes. I will okay. guarantee it. Wow, I'll put my I'll put my guarantee stamp on it. I was thinking about that one, Greg, and that's a long shot, but it's a it's a fun guarantee to make. I, I have an intriguing one. Um, it's, it's a little scary, but I will guarantee that Nolan Gorman finishes top ten in MVP voting. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. So uh, Chris Young, who I was on last night with, gave to me an outlandish guarantee, but he's very dialed in. He wants to be a GM someday. No joke. And there's a lot of people in a lot of different clubs and organizations. He guaranteed last night that Shohei Otani is going to sign a $600 million contract with the San Francisco Giants. Oh, wow. Hmm. He guaranteed it. And he's dialed it. So it, it made me like restless last night. Like we all know stuff. Like we all feel like we're experts in things, right? And we cover this stuff every single day. And when you really feel it, you should you should share it because we're living it. And I was hung up last night that he said Otani is a guarantee and he wasn't really laughing. He like looked me in the eyes, straight face, mm. got me kind of freaked out. He knows something. Otani Giants. Great. Anyway, I just wanted to play that game. I love that game. Here's an interesting note about the Giants. They're, and you and I have talked about this. They're so similar to the Cardinals. And with the retirement of Posey and the departure of Brandon Belt and the decline of Brandon Crawford, it's a team devoid of a star right now. That's why they wanted Correa so badly last offseason. That is a fan base that needs a star to gravitate to. And with the Asian community in San Francisco and the amount of money they have to spend because they still are making a lot of money, that makes all this and Otani in that ballpark, man, that makes a lot of sense. It, to me, it does. And it, it wasn't just Correa, but it was Judge before that yeah, they missed out right. on. And they had $400 million waiting for Aaron Judge. If you go back to when uh, Giancarlo Stan wanted to be traded, the, the Giants wanted to take the entire contract. He said no. He didn't want to go there along with St. Louis. So I, 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 I think there's merit there. I think that Otani it will have the freedom. He might be the most, the, the freest free agent in the history of free agency. Because it's not really about money to him. It's going to be about where he wants to play mm-hmm. and dominate. Because he's going to make so much international cash along the way. The New Balance deal, which is record-breaking. There will be many other uh, endorsement deals that he'll have in Japan. He's going to be making so much money. He'll be like LeBron. LeBron's salary in the NBA is cute. I mean, it's cute. (laughs) But it's not not his bread and butter. So Otani is the freest free agent. He literally will pick where he wants to be a star. And and maybe maybe he's on to something. Maybe he'll be San Francisco. Hey, Greg, we need to find out about the Padres TV situation. I, I tease that you would tell us about this. What does this lead to? The, the fact that Bally Sports didn't pay the Padres their rights fees. So last night, for the first time, the Padres were not on Bally Sports anymore, but they were on MLB Network, a, a local version of it. What is happening here and where is it going? Uh, well, it's the first domino to fall. And uh, what, what the reach 
and the result was so many millions more people were able to watch a pottery game. And baseball fans have been clamoring forever to get rid of, of, of blackouts. If you are in a market, if you're in the state of Iowa, you literally can't watch four different teams. It's ridiculous because of these blackout rules that you're in a region that's owned by one team and you, know, you have to go to the regional broadcast. You can't watch it nationally. We're, we're moving in a direction. And while it sounds scary, just think of the blackouts. We are moving in a direction of getting rid of blackouts where you can watch a baseball game anywhere in the country. As a matter of fact, anywhere internationally. Okay. Now, it's going to be tricky as we go forward because, like I said, it's the first domino to fall. And this one, as as earth-shattering as it may have felt, uh, was actually a painless one. It really, it was seamless. They changed mic flags. Uh, there were a couple more cameras that the production crew could use. Uh, and, the, and the video quality was actually a lot cleaner uh, that MLB provided. Major League Baseball does, doesn't do anything halfway. I'm not saying Bally's was, but Major League Baseball is going to make sure that its product, which is every Major League Baseball game, is accessible and first-class in terms of production quality. And what you're going to inevitably see, other teams will be taken over, their broadcast rights, by Major League Baseball. And it all comes back to streaming. And MLB was just never going to give away all 30 teams' streaming rights. They recognize how valuable that is. Live events are still the bread and butter. Think of live events in television like a Division One football program for an athletic program at a major university in Division One sports. No matter how important you think the men's basketball team is, it's the football program that makes the money for the entire athletic program. That is what live events happen to be in television. And Major League Baseball has more live sporting events than any sport in the world. So they recognize the importance of their content. They're holding on to it. They're not going to sign a 10-year contract anymore for someone to pay an astronomical amount of money that sounds great in 2023. But by the time you get to 2030, you can't wait for that contract to end because money has changed in the last seven years. This is a way for the sport to own its own content, monetize it on a daily basis, and make it much, much easier for fans to access it, to consume it. And, and at the end of the day, the goal is to be younger. We want our viewers to be younger. We're seeing younger fans in baseball stadiums. Attendance is up astronomically thanks to the pitch clock. And ratings are good. And, and I think this, this is a way to enhance younger viewers sinking their teeth into baseball. And while it sounds scary at first to people in St. Louis, like, where's my Cardinal game going to be? Don't worry. Down the line, you will be able to watch a Cardinal game anywhere at any time if they're playing. Yeah, I think that no blackout is very important. Well, Greg, I also had somebody text in from the 618 with a guarantee for you. I guarantee the Cardinals will not finish with the worst record in the National League. I think that, that that's a good one. But uh, also, one. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Greg, can I give you the quick stat that I gave you guys yesterday? Yes. Greg, 
every team in the National League has finished with the worst record since 1980. The Braves, last time they finished with the worst record, or 1990. Braves, last time they finished with the worst record was 1990. The only other team is the Cardinals. Last time they finished with the worst record in the National League was 1918. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Can I you steal that? that for a segment on MLB tonight? It's all yours, brother. I'll email oh, it to you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Greg, I wanted to ask you about, too, I mean, we this is something that we started our show with today. Who are the real Cardinals? So you get out of the month of May, and believe me, you know, we talked to you a lot. It felt like a therapy session early on at the beginning of May. It's been a kind of a lot of highs and lows and then highs again with the Cardinals in the month of May. What do you think is the real version of the Cardinals from your takeaway from this past month? I don't think we've really seen the real version of the Cardinals yet. I really don't. I said this to you guys last time. Every single team of every season I've ever covered, they go through a horrible stretch where they're the worst team in baseball for two weeks. Cardinals got that out of their system. I still think the San Diego Padres are a playoff team. And they are... They look like a dumpster fire right now. You have no idea what you're about to get with the San Diego Padres. But they're getting their worst baseball out of the way. It just happens that way. And and the Cardinals are going to have to reconfigure the rotation. They're going to have to bring in at least two new faces that they're going to have to invest in to get some people out. Uh, I think when that happens, you'll see what the real version of the Cardinals is. Up until then, uh, you'll see what we've been seeing, which when they've been playing better baseball, they're winning games 9-7, to seven, which is what we kind of expected before the season started. We thought that the lineup was going to mash, and at times this year it has, and the starting pitching was going to struggle, and it's been going into the year, so it is what it is, but we expected the Cardinals to have a winning record up until the trade deadline and when they would actually make a team that they believe could actually push forward into the into the playoffs. Not only is this a winnable division, and the Cardinals should not panic, it's a winnable league. Randy guaranteed the Dodgers are going to win the West. Why would he say that? He, he wanted to push the limit on the guarantee because this is – the, the, the most insecure Dodger team ever. Like They need rookies to be great in the rotation. Mo, Bobby Miller's a stud, 6'5". I like him, but how many innings are you going to get from him in September? Are you going to let him go seven and eight innings in September? They're as weak as we've seen since 2010, really, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The, can they win the division? Yeah, they can win the division, but it's not a juggernaut. National League team. The, the Atlanta Braves without Max Freed, they're gettable. Their starting rotation is going to lean heavily on a 39-year-old and Charlie Morton. And their bullpen needs Rice Iglesias to save it. A.J. Minter has lost it. He's already over seven. They've used him so many times over the years. So I, I just think it's not just a gettable division. It's a gettable league. And the Cardinals are going to man up in that rotation. And they can go to the World Series this year. That's how crazy this 2023 turnaround could be. Greg, you were talking about the lineup and how they were uh, mashing and supposed to mash. Some of those outfielders were a part of that that thought process. And this is a an outfield that went from so much depth that you had to send one guy to the minors to now you have no depth. You have infielders playing in the outfield. What do you make of this outfield right now and how and when will it get back to some sort of resemblance of what we thought it would be to start the season? Yeah, it's so well said. Yeah, it, it is a shocking what they've ended up uh, deciding is the best option in the outfield. I mean, Brendan Donovan, unbelievable. He made a great throw from right field the other day. He can play any position. He's He is a special talent. 
Tommy Edmond, special talent. And I don't know how these guys can consistently grab a bat and do their thing when they're thinking about what position they're going to play when they show up. I mean, it, that is a major alteration to your job, at what you have to do in front of all of these people, 50,000 fans and, and people on national television, and you've got to go do something different today. And it's incredible who, how they're leaning on these infielders and and look it, it wasn't just you know Newt Barr and O'Neill and Carlson it was Juan Yepes it was Jordan Walker it, it may have been the most the, the deepest outfield with youth that we've seen in baseball in a long time and the fact that we're not getting anything like it's not one of those guys is having like a breakout performance is odd it's weird and 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 it, to me it's it's it's, a, it, it's kind of a reflection of the organization right now. You always want to be a, a, a business where young people can thrive, where they feel comfortable to thrive, and you can put them in a position to thrive. Just by playing guys and giving them what you call consistent at-bats isn't enough. And when Jordan Walker was sent down to the minor leagues, that was a psychological rattling of not just Jordan Walker, but of every other young player in that organization. Yeah. That the stats don't exactly mean anything. Yeah. Statistically, don't feel secure in where you are. We can look at your game from a different lens and decide if you're good enough to be here or not. So it rattled a lot of young players on that team when they sent him down, and I think it, it has affected their growth this year. It, it, it's alarming that all five of those guys – aren't regular contributors. I, I guess Lars Zipar is, but even he's still trying to find his legs. So it's an odd thing. It's what the Cardinals have always been known for, drafting, developing, and really letting the young players thrive. But so many young players in one outfield position are all struggling. That's very, very unique. All right, Greg, we're going to let you go with the most important question of the day. Yesterday, I was thinking about you because for the first time in five and a half weeks, I got a haircut. So uh, I, I need to know what your timeline is for the Greg Amzinger hair care. How often do you get your hair at least touched up? Every three weeks. Hmm. Every three weeks. So when I go and get my haircut, my guy's name is Rich B. If you ever are in the state of New Jersey, I would say hit me up, but I don't want to really talk to everybody. But hit up, hit up Randy, okay? Hit up Randy when you come to St. Louis. And Randy will let me know. And you got to get a haircut from Rich B. He's amazing. He calls himself a hair sculptor. So when I'm done with my hair sculpting, I immediately rebook for three weeks so it doesn't get all like mangy and crazy, you know. But I am intrigued by you getting a haircut. Is it the same hairstyle, Randy? Are you going with a side spike? No. Did you do a full cut, a fade? <laughs> you know what's interesting, Greg, is when I wake up, I've got the side spike going. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, I, I've, I've had the same standard uh, quaff for many, many years now. So uh, the, the, what you see is what you get, brother. Are you ever going to mix it up? Like, this will, I mean, why not mix it up, right? You, if you provide me an idea, just tell me what to tell my hairstylist next time I go in. And I'll say, okay, Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, who gets his hair sculpted, says I need to go with this. You just give me something that I should say and I will do it. I'm going to do that, okay, in three weeks from now, because you're going to go in three weeks to get it touched up, right? Right. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I want to I want to make an alteration, and this can begin immediately. Are you ready for this? Ready. I want you to grow sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've done it before. You've done it before. Uh, yes. Okay, Greg. You're my. You're one of my best friends in the world, and uh, you you ask and ye, and ye shall receive. I love Dad, that. I don't need to be the chops that I had when I was your intern and producer. Okay, when I, I had sideburns, people, you don't understand what I looked like. It's crazy. I had sideburns, pointy sideburns, all the way down to my lip. Randy can attest to this. Thick sideburns down to my lip, and then I had a soul patch. You have to look up 1990s rock bands to know what a soul patch uh-huh. is. But or I had that. <laughs> I had yeah, Scott Speedio. Perfect. There you go. Everything's a cardinal, you know. And I, I had crazy, messy hair. I had a good run in college, but the facial hair helped me get there. And Randy, I think, I think a, a nice, strong pair of sideburns. People will hear the sideburns come through the radio. <laughs> All right. It might take three weeks, but I will. Uh, I'll embark on that starting today. I can't wait. Uh, this is the great you just made my day. I, I Randy at Sideburns. I'm so <laughs> I'm glad. looking forward to it as well, Greg. <laughs> All right. By the way, I emailed you that stat so that you, you can uh, – and by the way, the most recent time Washington finished with the worst record in the league, 2022, Arizona 21, Pittsburgh 20, Miami 19, and then Atlanta 1990, St. Louis 1918. <laughs> it's amazing. Randy, you're such a good student. How are you a C-level student? I clearly like – like stats, like why is it you're excited for this, but you couldn't do your homework on time? Greg, I only liked one thing. <laughs> and that was sports. <laughs> That's why. What a waste of intelligence, Randy. What a waste. <laughs> oh, man, you're the best. Uh, we'll be tuned in and have a, you have a great day on the golf course. I know you're going to be on the golf course. I'll be on the golf course, as always. You guys are great. I'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. See you later. That's Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. That was fun. Uh, Coming up, we've got a quick Tioli for you here on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. Get your text in 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. All right, kids, Bennifer moving into a new $60 million home. Uh, that's Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. It is a monster. 12 bedrooms, 24 bathrooms, 15 fireplaces. Has, however, in addition to a cinema and a spa with a hair and nail salon, a wine room and a whiskey lounge. Take it or leave it. For Ben's sake, Jen should have the wine room and whiskey lounge retrofitted into just a regular man cave. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I think that the, the, the wine room and the whiskey lounge may have cost him the other Jennifer. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, what I now? thought he was sober. Was I, I don't know. I, I'm not great on pop culture stuff sometimes. Yeah, he, well, he is now, apparently, allegedly. Mm. So just stay away from allegedly. the whiskey lounge. Yeah. That's a little tempting. I would think so, yeah. So. Just have, it just... Stay in the house. You stay in the house. You got a cinema. You got a You got Jennifer need to Lopez. Yeah. He doesn't look happy with her sometimes. <laughs> he doesn't. Oh. See, the video of him getting in the car, he looks so pissed off. No. 
it's, fine. It might just be his face. Okay, like that's some people fair. just have an angry face. They just live in an angry state. That's true. My face is not always are pleasant. Just, are you just talking about people from Boston right now? Well, them too. They're definitely that's angry. They <laughs> call it two RDS. Game sevens. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> look it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Randy Brooke. Uh, we were talking about the outfield earlier, and Tyler O'Neill has still, they're, they're still delaying. We have no word. Take it or leave it. He won't be back until mid-July. Take it after the L-Star break. How long has he had that back injury? About oh, a week back. no. No. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. you got to get that in there. Perfect execution uh, every time. It's just funny. It's just humorous. Uh, it's hilarious every time. Why don't they move him to the 60-day I.L.? I, I, I don't know why they haven't. Yeah. Okay, take but it or leave it. They're going to move back. him to the 60-day IL. Can that be retroactive? Yeah, it can. I'll take it. Take it. There we go. There's yeah. and then uh, We just did that. We, can, we, just, we, we did that. We could be GMs. Uh, yeah. Luke and ba- Who's your other guy? We'd spend all the money on Shohei Otani if I was the GM. RBF, resting Boston face. Yes! That's exactly what it means. That's exactly what it means. It fits. All right. Uh, what do we got on the old text line there, sir? Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will buy at the deadline the same way that spending went up in the offseason. I'll take that, yeah. Spending went up, and uh, the Cardinals have a higher payroll, and so, yes, they will buy at the deadline as they have the last two years. The spending yes. went up? Yeah, they, their high, payroll is higher than it was last year. By how much? Yeah. Multiple, multiple million dollars, something that would make me very happy, <laughs> an amount that would make me very Eight happy. Million, I think? Yeah. Okay. So you know what? Here's the thing: you could have given with only two years left on his contract. If you wanted to spend more, you could have given Tyler O'Neill a <laughs> seven-year, hundred and ninety million dollar contract. If you wanted a higher <laughs> payroll, you could have easily done that, right? Well, you could have done Jack Flaherty. Rodon got what, 137 over six. You could have done Flaherty for 137 over six and raised your payroll. You could have done Rodon. So, How's that? How, how would that be going for them? Well, he has yet to pitch. Oh, okay. Mm. So yeah, I, I, don't, yeah, great. I, I don't think necessarily. Greg Amsinger just talked about the Tampa Bay Rays. Look into this. Tampa Bay Rays don't spend an awful lot of money, but Greg's got them in the World Series. Money does not equate to championships. It just does not. Some people haven't figured that out yet, have they? Kerry, since 1998, aside from one year, the Yankees or the Dodgers, or not, I'm sorry, 2008, the Yankees or the Dodgers have had the highest payroll in baseball, mm-hmm. aside from one year. The Yankees have one World Series appearance and win. The Dodgers have one right. World Series win. Those two, one of those two teams has had the highest payroll in the sport in each of those years except for one. <laughs> 18, that's 15 years. Take it or leave it. It's time to realize and come to the to face the facts that what we see from the Cardinals is who's they are, who they are, and that's inconsistent. You are what your record says you are. That is fair. Yep. Yeah. You are what you put on tape. Yep. Exactly. That's what our, our coaches. You, you put it on tape. That's who you are. Yep. Uh, one more. Take it or leave it. Tyler O'Neill will come back after the All Star break and rake, eventually winning World Series MVP. Um, for the <laughs> I couldn't the even get through it. <laughs> for the Marlins. Uh, for your NL pennant winning Pittsburgh Pirates. Could the uh, you have the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series? Oh Is that must see TV? Something. Oh man, South Florida will be just going <laughs> oh, bananas. South Florida would be bananas. Third team in the championship yeah. in in one season yeah. in one year. Yeah, yeah. they would. Be. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Hey, coming up, is Aaron Rodgers a jerk? (laughs) It's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Relax. We're going to be okay. That's Aaron Rodgers, who uh, was not relaxed in his waning days with the Green Bay Packers. A great piece up at The Athletic. And it is revealed that Aaron Rodgers' agent requested the Packers president, Mark Murphy, either trade Rodgers or fire general manager Brian Gutekunst early in the 2021 offseason. According to the piece, after the uh, first practice of camp, Rodgers aired his grievances, saying he wanted to see a change in the organization's communication and culture. According to Rodgers, the communication between he and Gutekunst did improve somewhat. When asked about the demand for Gutekunst to be fired, Rodgers deferred to his agent, Dave Dunn, who did not reply to the Athletics' request for comment, but nobody denies that Aaron Rodgers did request that the general manager of the Packers, Brian Gutekunst, be fired. That's kind of a jerk move. Yeah, uh, well, the jerk move is just not saying anything. I, I mean, if I wanted, if I didn't like someone and I didn't want them to be there, I think I would be like, yeah, I didn't like him, and I didn't want him to be there. And if it was going to be me or him, and I'd have no problem saying that. I think that's where the 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 jerk move comes in. I mean, you are going to work places where you disagree with people, mm-hmm. you dis- disagree with how uh, people go about their day to day business, um, but conversations, open conversations, generally, you know lead to having some type of uh, some type of way to alleviate that situation. Is there a scenario in a sport other than the NBA where allowing a player to determine who his general manager is is a positive? In football, uh, hockey, baseball, no. can you ever win by having a player have that much control? I don't know if it's positive in the NBA either. I mean, I know it's done more often. NBA players force them with themselves out of places they they are it's easier for them to go to a different place than than any other sport mm-hmm. um because it's i mean they they force steve nash to be fired up up in brooklyn yep. i mean it, it happens often i don't know if it makes it better because if you look at what brooklyn happened what happened after right, he right. left <laughs> everything fell apart anyway so I, I don't know that it it matters it's about finding a way to have those conversations and you're not always going to agree or always be on the same page but uh, you do have to work together. Yeah, it, it's very interesting, too. I was just reading some of the quotes about it, especially from Aaron Rodgers. And definitely the Jordan Love situation played a huge role into that. He definitely did not like that. But I thought this quote was interesting where he says, before I went to the do- darkness, I hit him up and said, hey, there's some stuff swirling around here. We should get together. And then he said he went to the darkness. And then when he came back out, he kind of heard the the that basically they were shopping him around. And that's when things really went sour. Yeah. And it, it was really interesting, though, the one quote about how he wanted improved communication and culture. 
when in the week before that draft, the Packers, and I have this from impeccable sources, when the Packers tried to call Aaron Rodgers, he never answered, didn't answer texts, didn't answer phone calls. <laughs> so he said he doesn't get much service and that, that that's something I yeah. guess that people are aware of wherever he lives. So here's the thing. He lives in Malibu. <laughs> Everybody gets service in Malibu. You, you get service for things you want to have service for. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you that. You want it when... when you don't want to respond to, oh, I didn't get it. No, I didn't get the message. You, you you sure it says it was delivered? It actually said you read it. You didn't get any of these? Yeah, I didn't get it. And and who can argue with that? I, I just think he is probably not a great communicator. And, and I, I've told you all this before. When they draft your position in the first round, I had a buddy call me. Hey, it's been fun, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, what you mean? Hey, they drafted, drafted my position in the first round. Mm-hmm. That's the writing on the wall. I'm out of here. And whether it's that offseason or whether it's in the offseasons to come, when they draft your specific position in a, in the first round, you are probably going to be on your way out at some point. And probably when you're 36, you're going to be on your way out at some point, too. Is what it is. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I saw an article that brought up that this is kind of the second time that poor communication has been brought up with the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams also said that as well. He said while initially it was about him wanting to be closer to family, he talked about how money and poor communication were a big part of him wanting to leave as well, too. Well, in this day and age, you have to communicate with players. And maybe the Packers haven't bought into that. But your star players, you have to get them into the loop. At least let them think that they're in the loop. You should have the the communication with your star quarterback. But again, they drafted Jordan Love with the purpose of him replacing Aaron Rodgers at some point. They didn't know when it would be, but that was the that was the mindset. You don't draft him in the first round for the purpose of him sitting for for, for 5 years right, right. and then yeah. having to uh let him walk away with nothing to nothing in hand to return. So the the expectation was that he was going to be out of here at some point and here we are. We won't know probably for another 3 years, but it'll be interesting to see if the Packers actually win this. If you get two number ones for the guy, Mm -hmm. and if Love is what you think he was when you drafted him, a lot of people liked Jordan Love a lot when he came out. The the Packers have a chance to win this. They do. They do. And, and, I mean, Green Bay Bay does, and the New York Jets do as well. Aaron Rodgers has been injured, calf injury for a couple of days, but the New York Jets have a team that is – set to to win a lot of games with the way that their defense plays. They have a lot of talent on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting if he's healthy and if he can get the ball to those guys and they can do what they did last year. Hopefully history won't repeat itself with Packers quarterbacks Brett going to Favre. the Jets. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We don't need to see any Crocs. <laughs> um, that's your fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to Daniel Guerrero of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He covers the minor leagues. And he talked to Jordan Walker the other day. We're going to talk to Daniel Guerrero next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I kind of went back to what I was doing before. Um, I was told to start hitting the ball in the air, and that kind of got to me a little bit about trying to force the ball in the air a little bit too much. Um, and I forced myself to do things that I usually don't do. So right now I'm not too worried about getting the ball in the air more, and I'm starting to drive the ball a lot better now. So I think it's just, you know, being more relaxed and not thinking about it at the plate. That was Jordan Walker in Memphis on Sunday talking about his approach to hitting 
Most recently with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And Daniel Guerrero covers the Cardinal minor league system for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com. You can follow Daniel on Twitter at TheDanGuerrero. And Dan is with us now on the Celebrity Line here on 101 ESPN. Daniel, thanks for taking some time with us. It's great to have you with us on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for the for the invite. Daniel, uh, as you just listened there, we, we've been talking about Jordan Walker, and there's a lot of different ways to take what he said. And a lot of people are looking at, okay, he just went back to what he was doing, um, not exactly what the Cardinals were asking him to do. But I know that you wrote an article talking about his mechanical tweaks. When you talked to Jordan Walker down in Memphis, were there some changes that he made, and how has he been approaching things down there? Yeah, I mean, I, I know it, it, it sounds... I guess it's a weird to say, like, oh, I'd like to go back to what he was doing. And I, I, I mean, and he mentioned, you know, there were some uh, things that he's worked on with the Memphis hitting coach, Howie Clark, since he's gone down there. Um, but, I mean, as far as, I think when it comes to, like, going back to doing what he's doing and, like, not, I think that the key there was when he said, like, forced, like, felt forced or, like, like it almost felt like he was forced um, to try to get the ball and it led him to do things that, you know, he doesn't normally do and I, I think that was just uh, like a, a came off as more of like a mental I guess and like approach thing um, just because I mean obviously he's had a I mean hit with success in his minor league career um, you know had some success at majors before he went back down um, and I I, I I do get the sense that there was you know a little bit of, of overthinking I guess when it comes to, to what he was so I, I guess like in his return down there, right? Because, you know, he went down obviously to, to work on kind of like launch angle things. Um, and I it just, I think led to just kind of like some, like a, like a little bit of overthinking, trying to force things. And now he's back to just hitting the ball and, you know, he's still had, you know, had, has hit the ball on the ground. But I mean, now we're starting to see really in the last like two weeks where um, he looks like, the, you know, the Jordan Walker of, you know, the Jordan Walker that we have been hearing about, you know, coming up to the system the last couple of years. Um, so I, I think that's just kind of the, the, the big thing there. It's now it's not like a – like, yeah, he has worked on, on some things um, and still kind of like kept to that, but there's less of like a like – a, I guess like a like him forcing himself to do something, and it's just kind of now naturally coming. Daniel, you're talking about Jordan Walker when he first got down there kind of – resetting himself and trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to, to to do the things that they wanted him to do with the launch angle him deciding you know what I'm going to do what I do best his last 15 games he's hitting 311 uh, has I think five home runs and around 14 RBIs so he is starting to figure some things out isn't he yeah I mean and and I mean just going back I mean you look at I think there's like really one key game there was a uh, road series they played against the uh, Phillies triple a Philly at Lehigh Valley um, and that Sunday finale, he had, you know, three hits, double, I mean, a double, he had a couple balls off the wall. And that really looked like, the, you know, the Jordan Walker that, that uh, you know, that has risen to being a top prospect in baseball. And um, that's kind of carried through um, even up until yesterday. I mean, he homered on, you know, <laughs> a curveball that was just hung right over the middle of the plate and he, you know, mashed, you know, 430 feet. So, I mean, we're seeing, we are seeing that with him. Um, and I think it's just, one of those things that's come with comfort. No, I wouldn't say com- maybe comfort, but like just kind of like a uh, a relaxed mindset of him just going out there and hitting. I mean, he mentioned uh, one of the things that he's kind of uh, been doing lately is getting the ball out more in front because that what he said. I mean, typically for him has led to just more more loft on the ball. 
Um, and we're seeing that, right? I mean, the last, I think it's like 15 games, has like a 944 OPS. Um, Austin hitting with average um, during that, that stretch. So, I mean, we are seeing um, those results show. And that was one of the things that, you know, um, Ali Marmol had talked about that, you know, it was – um, the box score results might not be be that you know evident as when he gets down there because of the things he's working on, and you know kind of lines up that you know now, you know at the end of May and you know now we're at the start of June that those those uh you know those numbers are showing up outside of you know kind of the advanced metrics of you know the launch angle and the exit velocity stuff, but you know we're seeing that you know when when you just take a look at a. Uh, the results he's produced. Daniel, one more thing. We've talked about the outfield and the Cardinals need help there. They also need help up here with starting pitching. Michael McGreevy has been terrific, whether it was at AA or in AAA, 4-0 with a sub-3 earned run average with AAA. How close is McGreevy to being ready for the major leagues? Um, I think they're, uh, he's, he's definitely, I mean, taking a big leap this year already, right? Just getting to AAA. Um, you know, he made, I think it was like three starts in Springfield. I mean, that's where he ended the year last year. And one of the things that, uh, you know, the Cardinals and, and they're looking for, you know, is obviously like a little bit more sustained velocity from him. Um, and, and we're now that, you know, he's in AAA and we're able to, at least us, you know, it's, uh, you know, people who, you know, are, uh, well, we're able to, you know, with, with the stack cast data available for AAA games, we're able to kind of keep track of those things. And, um, he's kind of around where he was a little bit at last year. Um, but yeah, but he, McGreevy is somebody who is going to be a ground ball pitcher, pitch to contact and fill up the zone, um, type of guy. And he's kind of, uh, been like, uh, kind of stuck to that in AAA. But I mean, the results are showing, um, he's still filling up the zone. Uh, he's, 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 um, been able to, you know, to provide consistency for, for, uh, Memphis down there. I mean, obviously, um, you know, getting to AAA, right? It, it's the, the next closest step to the big leagues. I mean, Michael McGreevy's not on the 40-man roster. So, I mean, that, um, like, as far as, like, when he is able or when, he, you know, he'll be ready for, for to make his major league debut, um, I still think there there's some time, right? I mean, for a guy who um, was drafted in, in 2021 and has made strides, um, especially in this last year, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, he looked good in his first six starts in, in AAA, but... Uh, or for seven starts, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's still a little bit more time, and I think one of the things that we'll we'll be able to keep track of during the season is is how his velocity sustains over over season because he's a guy who last year for Springfield provided a lot of innings um, and is you know really shaping up to do the same for for Memphis this year. Well, Daniel, we love your work at stltoday.com and in the Post Dispatch. Thanks for taking some time with us this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for reading. You bet. Take care. Daniel Guerrero from stltoday.com and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And those numbers are good. And many times a team is more concerned about process than numbers. And as he mentioned, despite what Michael McGreevy has done, what the numbers are, sustained velocity Mm -hmm. is going to be a key for him. And for the Cardinals, regardless of the way the approach of Jordan Walker is going, Mm -hmm. he's still going to have to accomplish what they want him to accomplish. He's still going to have to get the ball in the air. He's not going to be called up if he's still hitting the ball on the ground as much as he did the first time up.
Yeah, I, I think he's he talked about it. he hit the ball off the wall a couple mm-hmm. of times and he's starting to he had a home run last night, had a home yeah. run in a couple of games here. So he's starting to get that lift. But I think for him, it's more about driving the ball and hitting the ball hard. And when you hit the ball hard, good things tend to happen. Guys don't want to stand in the way. They don't. It's hard to feel the ball that's screaming right at you. So I'm hoping that he he does continue to do what he feels is best for his career because the Cardinals are going to be here 25, 35, 150 years after he's done playing. His window is not nearly as long as theirs is. Mm -hmm. So you have to do what's in your best interest when you are a phenom like he is and do what you've done to get to this point. And don't let, you know, you want to agree to a certain degree with your with your boss and and go with what but if it isn't working for you do what works for you and what got you to this point yeah and with walker that was his first home run last night since may 23rd that i believe it was just a really well it was a really good night in general for a lot of people including mm-hmm. moises gomez and luke and baker mason when i mean it felt like everybody got a homer last night yeah <laughs> they were going against omaha right the storm yeah. chasers yeah. yeah kind of a stormy night for the yeah. omaha oh, pitchers oh there you go <laughs> Take it out. Yeah. Well, some some guys can't hit those. Yeah, some can't. And some can't. <laughs> Our thanks to Daniel Guerrero. Coming up, we have the fight. We need a fighter, by the way. Text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Yo ho. Text in uh, just with the word fight and your name. Yes, sir. Does the fighter have a chance today? Yes, the fighter has a chance. Yeah. Uh, Always. To, really? Stop. Against well, you? Stop. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> what team won Super Bowl 36? Uh, the St. Louis Rams. No, they didn't Which win Super ones? Bowl 36. 36, who was that? That was the New England Patriots. They were 14 oh. and a half point underdogs. Who was 34? 34 was the Rams? Uh, yeah, 34 the Rams. No, 36. They beat the Rams yeah. in 36. Yeah. By the way, uh, I was listening to ESPN Radio last night. The Nuggets are the second biggest favorite in the last 20 years in the NBA Finals. And Jokic is the biggest oh, favorite. There's uh-oh. the Jokic. Oh, my uh, Jokic God. is the biggest favorite to be MVP in Ever? history. In oh, history. my God. Rocky, oh, so he until the cameras get he took off his shirt. He's got his Rocky shirt on. T-shirt on. <laughs> says, I love Rocky. Shirt off. I heart stand. It has a yeah. Joker a card with... It's intriguing. It's not that doesn't look wow. like Jokic though. I, I got to be honest. That doesn't the, the build doesn't really give me Jokic vibes. It gives me more uh, LeBron, Antonio no. Gates. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's sucking it in. He's doing all big boys. He's, he's sucking it in a little really, bit for the, for the photo uh, shoot. All right. I don't know who that would be. Look like Antonio Davis. Yeah, uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, the fight is coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101. ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Bill. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kerry. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy? Not ready, but we'll give it a go. All right, well, here we go. This is interesting. Counting only the interceptions <laughs> from 1966 and on, which DB holds the NFL Super Bowl era record for interceptions? Is it Rod Woodson, Ed Reed, or Paul Krause? 
Woodson. The Nuggets will play their first ever NBA Finals game since the franchise started in 1976. Which NBA franchise has the longest record for never making a Finals, being shut out since they joined the NBA in 1970? Is it the Charlotte Hornets, Sacramento Kings, or LA Clippers? Sacramento Kings. Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera is climbing up the all-time total bases list, but is still trailing far behind the all-time record. Two Cardinals, Musial and Pujols, are second and third on that list, but who is the all-time Major League Baseball total bases leader? Is it Willie Mays, <laughs> Pete Rose, or Hank Aaron? Mm, Hank Aaron. There are only two players in NBA history to hit double-digit threes in a playoff game. Klay Thompson did it in Game 6, but which Western Conference guard has done it twice? Damian Lillard, Ray Allen, or Steph Curry? I have to go with Steph Curry. All right, we'll double-check those scores and bring in Randy Carricker. Bill, how you feeling? I feel good, but I don't think I got many rights. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that you feel well, good. You That's feel all good. that matters. That, that is all that matters. You doing, uh, having a great day matters to us. So thank you for joining in. And Randy is walking in right now, preparing to put on his headphones. How you doing, Randy? I'm doing great. You got a, you, you, you okay? You a little good? banana? Yep. A little banana. Potassium. And, uh, you are not going to cramp up during this fight. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I went on a long bike ride yesterday, <laughs> and because of bananas and hydration, I did not get a single Charlie horse in the middle oh, of my good class. For you. Wow. Thank you. Good for you. You ever had a Charlie horse in your ankle? Oh, no. Oh, I haven't oh, had one there. Oh, I, I, oh, I was doctor. working out the other day and caught one, and it was done. The first, time I ever rode a, first time I ever rode a Peloton, I got simultaneous <laughs> Charlie horses in both legs. Oh. I didn't know what to do. You're strapped into the bike and everything. Scream. Just scream. Yep, try you can do. Ready to say hello to Bill. Bill, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. All right, Randy, here we go. Okay. Counting only interceptions from 1966 and on, which DB holds the NFL Super Bowl era record for interceptions? Paul Krause, Minnesota Vikings. The Nuggets will play their first ever NBA Finals game since the franchise started in 1976. Which NBA franchise has the longest record for never making a Finals, being shut out since they joined the NBA in 1970? Since they joined the NBA in 70. I don't recall, and I don't know if it was 70. It seems like they've been around longer. But I don't recall the Kings ever being in a Finals. And I know they were like the Cincinnati Royals and the Syracuse Nats and stuff like that. I'm going to go with the Kings because in my existence, they have not been in the finals. So I'm going to go with them. Miguel Cabrera is climbing up the all-time total bases list, but is still trailing far behind the all-time record. Two Cardinals, Musial and Pujols, are second and third. But who is the all-time Major League Baseball total bases leader? I believe it's still Henry Aaron. Um, A-Rod had a really nice run, but I'm going to go with uh, Hammer and Hank. There are only two players in NBA history to hit double-digit threes in a playoff game. Klay Thompson did it in Game 6, but which Western Conference guard has done it twice? Western Conference guard, two Double-digit three-point performances. Okay. 
So, um, current or all time? Just says two players in NBA history. history. Okay, history. Okay. But that's okay. So, this is 10 three pointers in a game twice, right? Mm hmm. Okay. You know, I don't think Kobe did that. I'm going to do the lifeline here. Okay. Damian Lillard, Ray Allen, Steph Curry. Okay, I don't think Ray Allen played enough playoff games in the West to do it. So I think I'm going to go with Lillard. And I'm going to go with, because of that answer, we have a tie, ladies and gentlemen. 2-2 tie here between Bill and Randy. So we go to our tiebreaker. And Bill, I'll explain the, the rules here in case you don't know. I'm going to read out this question. It will be closest to the pin. I will read out this question. We'll give Randy a moment to write down his answer. We will then get your answer, Bill, audibly. We will then have Randy read out what his answer was before you gave your answer. And then whoever's closest to the pin wins this fight. Bill, do you understand those rules? I do. I'd rather do it on the golf course, though. That's fair <laughs> enough. And Randy, are you ready as well? I'm ready. All right. The Cardinals' record for pitcher losses in a season was set all the way back in 1897 by Red Donahue when he lost this many games in his 46 appearances. Hmm. The Cardinals' record for pitcher losses in a season was set all the way back in 1897 by Red Donahue when he lost this many games in his 46 appearances. Just one moment, Bill. We're getting Randy to give us his answer. Randy has given us his answer. What is your guess, Bill? Oh, those guys pitched forever. 27. And Randy, your character, your guess was? I went with 24. This was a close one. Luckily, the number's not that far off that I have to do any tricky math. So we have a winner in today's fight. Who got closest to the pin? Was it Randy or is Bill going to be back for tomorrow? Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Congratulations, Bill. It took to the tiebreaker, but you just edged out Randy Carricker today. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Good job, let's, Bill. Let's go through these answers because I'm going to get yelled at. All right. Uh, <laughs> counting only interceptions from 1966 and on, which DB holds the NFL Super Bowl era record for interceptions? Paul Krause picked off 18 passes before the Super Bowl era technically began, which drops his total to 63, which means Darren Woodson's 71 is the Super Bowl era record in the NFL. That's pretty nebulous, isn't it? I mean, uh, who knows that? Why would, why would somebody know from 1966 on? Why not just have the all-time record? I wanted to go to the Super Bowl era. But who knows that? I, 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 that's why I was throwing it out. So you're just you're playing gotcha. That's fine. Oh, I, when I I'm read not trying from to play 1966 gotcha. and on, I said, huh? I said, this is yeah, why, not, why not do it from 1983 on? <laughs> well, because that's not when the Super Bowl era starts. But what? The 66 is when the Super Bowl era starts. But, so it's, it's, but it's again, it's where, like where, the light in the record book, does it say from 1966 on? No, it says from, from 1940. <sighs> so it doesn't include people from, from before Fine, that. <laughs> The Nuggets will play their first ever NBA Finals game tonight since the franchise started in 1976. The NBA franchise that has the longest record for never making a Finals is the L.A. Clippers. The Sacramento Kings made it in the 50s when they were in uh, um, 
Cincinnati, excuse me. And Miguel Cabrera climbing up the all-time total bases record. He moved into 14th yesterday, but is still Hank Aaron number one all time. And there are two players in NBA history to hit double-digit threes in a playoff game. Kerry obviously remembers Clay Thompson hitting 10 in Game Six against game the Oklahoma City play. Thunder, but it was Damian Lillard who hit 10 against the. Uh, Clippers, and then had another game where he hit 12, so a 2-2 tie, and then the answer for the Cardinals' record for pitcher losses all the way back in 1897 by Red Donahue, he had 46 appearance, he had 45 decisions, he went 10-35, and 35. so the 27 answer there for Bill gives him the win in today's fight. Congratulations, Bill, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, cut, we'll get you a few more gotcha <laughs> questions. <laughs> so it's, it's just, that's one of the stupidest questions ever. It's one of the most ridiculous questions and answers ever. When I, when I read 1966 and on, I said, it's not going to be good. It's ridiculous. I don't know why somebody would ask that question. Why, 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 why would you ask that question? I was thinking about that question, and I was like, you know what? I think Paul Krause is too easy of an answer, so change it up. That's, that's, where, that's yeah. where you run gotcha. into some trouble. That's exactly what I was like. I was like I'm, I, he, he has you know, 18, he has 18 picks before oh, the Super Bowl era, so let's, let's see who still has the record. Oh, wow. And, by that name. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it seems like it should be the NFL record, right? It's just it's logical uh, to me. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe. So I, I mean, because Jim Brown basically did oh. not exist then. Oh, man. Right? Jim Jim Brown, in your mind, did not exist. Not in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. Come up, we've got the bird watch here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, Cardinals didn't play last night. They don't play tonight, but we still have a bird watch for you. Yes, Carrie Davis. I'm proud of you, Randy. Thank you. I thought I was going to have to take the bring us back in. You, you were you were adamant about protesting the the fight going forward, and <laughs> yes. you were you were kind of you know mulling over the idea so, of just taking the rest of the day off. So I, I'm proud of you, Randy. Carrie. <laughs> over the course of time. Uh, my great friend Brad Barnes is probably listening right now. Anthony Stalter has produced. Michelle Smallman produced said that the hardest thing she ever did in radio was coming up with questions for the fight. Yes. And so it's inevitable that people are going to come up with stupid questions. <laughs> now, there is a greater quantity over the course of the last year plus. Wow. But it wow. is inevitable. I'm not, wow. taking, no, I'm not casting aspersions on anybody. It's a, hard, it's a hard job. Rock, how yeah. long have you been here? Uh, More than a year. About a year now. About okay. a year and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. He's, no, he's been awesome. He's been great. It's just right. it's a really hard job to do. It is hard and to I, find I questions. And I respect what he it, what It's he has hard to, do. to find questions that you will not know because there are questions that we are certain that no one knows. And you're like, well, in 1987, I remember I went to concession stand, bought a hot dog, and I spilled my drink. And then I remembered I was tying my <laughs> shoe. And as I looked up, <laughs> and you, you hold, have the whole scenario. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, and then Steve like, Lake hit a home run. There you go. What the hell do you know that? Like, <laughs> why does he know this? <laughs> <laughs> so, in Rock's defense, it is hard to find questions. No, it every totally day. is, I, and I respect that. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard, and that's that, that's a it's a fun question. It's a really now people know that the since leading interceptor year? since the uh, in the Super Bowl era since nineteen sixty six 
By the way, the first Super Bowl was played in 1967, but that's... A, a <laughs> the 66th to... season! It was played in January of 67, so the 66th season mm-hmm. still count is, is the start of the Super Bowl era. Is the Super People Bowl get era when you've played a Super Bowl or before you played a Super Bowl? <laughs> the Super Bowl era would be, if the first Super Bowl was in 1967, Yeah, then the Super Bowl era would be the season of 1966. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm okay, saying. So that's what he's got. Yeah. All right, uh, time for a little bird watch here on 101 ESPN. No. Oh, you want me to go ahead first? Okay. Uh, we're going to get back to baseball, I guess. So I want to fly down to Memphis because we had Daniel Guerrero on and he talked about how great of a night it was for a lot of the Cardinals hitters. I'm just going to go through this with you guys. Moises Gomez, three for five night, homer twice. Uh, he has an 828 OPS right now, 13 home runs, but he is an outfielder. That could be a good or bad thing. I'm not saying anything. I'm just telling you guys some numbers, okay? okay. Mason Wynn. Went deep for the sixth time this year last night, capping May with an eight-game hitting streak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jordan Walker hit his first home run since May 23rd, two for four night with a home run, 746 OPS, bumping his average to 311 in his last 61 at-bats. Um, his average right now is sitting at 239. He didn't have a homer last night, but I feel like a lot of people keep bringing this name up, so I want to as well since we're flying down to Memphis. Luke and <laughs> Baker. 16 home runs, an OPS over 1,000 in 52 games, but he plays first base. Or DH. Mm. Yes. Mm. So I'm just, I'm throwing, I'm throwing some names out there as we are going into kind of a reset for the Cardinals after that long stretch. I feel like a spark could be helpful. I don't know. I don't know. I like where you're coming from, and I have a little bird chirping. There we go. Because you mentioned Gomez and uh, Jordan Walker. Who play the outfield? And I mentioned this earlier. I will repeat it. In OPS in 2023, left fielders, among all left fielders in the National League, Cardinal left fielders are 14th in OPS at 676. Cardinal center fielders are 12th in OPS at 655. Cardinal right fielders are 9th in OPS at 764. And oh, by the way, much of that attributable to the 20 games that Jordan Walker Mm -hmm. played. Mm -hmm. So... I would suggest that if you have the ability to bring up offensive outfielders, the offensive outfielders that the Cardinals have have been offensive. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not great. No. And <laughs> I, here's the thing. Base, I'm not a war guy. All right? I'm not. I'm not an analytics person. But the Cardinals live on analytics. We know that. And mm-hmm. the way analytics people rank baseball players is through war. And in left field, Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals are ranked ninth of the 15 National League teams. In center field, in war, they're ranked 11th of the 15 National League teams. And in right field, they're ranked 11th. So even going by their numbers, they're woefully deficient and need to improve in the outfield. I just see things as why not, right? And mm-hmm. to make kind of aggressive, competitive moves, especially it feels like after the month of May where you were able to dig yourself out of that hole a little bit, why not have some more sparks, some more energy right. to be able to do that even more? I just want to see a more, I guess, competitive group out there. And and, and Mercado, by the way, this will be interesting to watch too, he's out of options, so he would have to be DFA'd. But I feel like you kind of knew that going yeah, into Yeah, nobody's this. claiming him. Yeah, I, I don't think that, I mean, not, no offense to him. No. But. Now, no. you brought up the name Luke and Baker, and we brought up DH. Well, you could do Nolan Gorman at second base. You could do Luke and Baker, who's hot right now, in uh, at Luke and Baker DH, Gorman at second, and then in center field, Tommy Edmond. 
slow clap from CD? Yeah. Oh. That's, that's where that's where my birdie is. He's going. a center fielder. Yeah. Uh, on the All Star ballot, my my bird has found its way into Bush Stadium. It's going through you know the 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 tunnels and the hallways, and it's found its way into the training room. We are looking at the depth of the outfielders on the training room beds. They have to find a way to get healthy. Ty, uh, Tyler O'Neill with his back injury. How long has he had that now? About a week oh, back. Oh, no. <laughs> Lars no. Newmark with back issues as well. How long has he had He's had about a week back as well. Oh. <laughs> no. We'll never escape this. No more back yeah. injuries, Dylan, please. Dylan Carlson with his ankle injury. So, you know, these guys have to find a way to get healthy. The outfield is in shambles. As I said earlier to Greg Amzinger, it, they are – this is is a team that started with what we thought was so much depth in the outfield that you had to send your star player down to the minors to correct something. And here we are a month and a half later, and none of those guys are even here or on the roster or playing. They're all hurt. And so, to me, you, you got outfielders that, that are normally infielders playing in the outfield. You got uh, Alec Burleson, who is not playing much outfield because he was supposed to be the bat. You got Juan Yepes, who is also an outfielder, but he's a DH, and he's not going to play much outfield as well. So my bird is in the training room. My bird is trying to figure out, taking a quick peek at seeing when these players will be back on the field, playing in their position, playing their rightful position in, positions in the outfield, and when they will be able to help this Cardinals lineup up, get back, get some depth in the outfield and get some depth back in this lineup to be able to play the best game that they can play. Do either of you, because I don't, have any confidence in Tyler O'Neill being able to play, come back and play like two weeks in a row? I I do not. I mean, I would hope with this much rest that he would be, but it seems like the move to make right now, if it's at a complete standstill and you're not getting anywhere, move him to the 60-day IL. Yeah. I just yeah. I don't, at, I don't see why not. At this point he's missed how many games? How many he's about he's missed about Was it May 4th that he's been He's May almost 4th at 30 30? days yeah. now. So if you're looking at pretty much all of June because he he's not close to to a rehab stint from what we understand. Yeah. You're looking at the 60-day DL. So why not? Just because you've moved him back to ground zero now and not only does he have to get into shape, but then he'll have to get into baseball shape. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be going to be back for a month, right? Yeah. And and someone texted in from the six one eight. You got three catchers. Oh yeah, uh, that by the way. Uh, uh, who <laughs> Trace Pereira? It's mm-hmm. like having three quarterbacks. I don't. I don't the think I've talked about never him. Plays. It's true. <laughs> well, much. a move has to be made with that because the whole point was the nineteen game stretch, right? Yeah. But they didn't even use him that much. Well, but when it all started. That felt like that felt like centuries ago. Yeah, no I'm trying to erase that from my memory. Yeah. You huh? Guys are you guys are clearly missing what's happening here. They need those three catchers because obviously Contreras is finally going to get that time in the outfield. Oh no, no! Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Coming up, we've got our rush hour reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf.
9.04 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I'm going to be out Monday because of the Tiger Club of St. Louis Golf Tournament, and that's going to be held over at Bogey Hills. And we still have a few openings. If you'd like to join us at Bogey Hills on Monday, just go to TigerClubSTL.com, TigerClubSTL.com, and sign up. And we'd love to see you Monday at Bogey Hills to support Mizzou Athletics. And also, the Fast Lane and the Rizzuto Show from 105.7 The Point are squaring off once again in a softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. You can join us Saturday at Carshield Field in O'Fallon for the Fast Lane versus Riz Show Home Run Derby, brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. So there is also going to be a Fast Pitch MLB Home Run Derby featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Spezio, and Bo Hart. General admission tickets are on sale now for just 15 bucks. Get all the details to this year's O'Fallon Hoots Home Run Derby now at 101ESPN.com. Brooke and Matthew, have you been to the batting cages yet? Oh, you're putting me on this spot. No, I have not. No, I uh, need so, uh, to. Yeah, two days. The fast lane only has right now Marshy and Jamie and Anthony. So they need some reinforcements. And so Brooke and Matthew are going to reinforce, allegedly. And uh, hopefully they'll get out to a batting cage for one minute before they participate in said home run. Get a couple contest. swings in. I saw the Rizzuto show practicing yesterday. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I need look? to get out there. They look decent, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they won before. And even when, um, well, it was the fast lane and BK and Ferrario. And then <laughs> the fast lane. What happened? Well, the, the supplementation was not what, it, what, what was expected, <laughs> taking nothing away from their efforts. You know that noise with it when you screw up and the price is right? Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> exactly. See, this is a lot of pressure for us, Rocky. We, ha- we have to, well, maybe not. Since they didn't do anything, we just have to do better than nothing. There you go. Better than nothing would be great. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're going for. <laughs> be tremendous. Oh. Hey, tonight we've got game one of the NBA Finals here on 101 ESPN. The Nuggets taking on the Heat in Denver at the Ball Arena. And Matthew's been all over Nikola Jokic even before he was drafted. He's Because mm-hmm. he looked like Nikola Jokic when... <laughs> at one point. Yeah. It's, it's, too. it's eerie how much that, that, that picture that goes around Nikola Jokic where he's like haunched over yeah. and he's got... He's got like that's, that was me when I was 13, I'll just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people tune into the NBA come playoff time. So Michael Malone was asked about people that get the opportunity to see the Joker for the first time. The fans that will be tuning in for the first time will come to appreciate him like everybody else does. Here's a, a, a young player who is truly selfless, makes every one of his teammates around him better, and all he cares about is not his own stats, it's about winning. And he's going to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to get the win. So uh, if more people get to know who Nicola is, then that's great for everybody. Yeah, well, great. <laughs> not so much. So. I just don't know if, uh, uh, well, it's hard with the guy that signs his check. Well, I told everyone in the room today that I have not been able to understand the emotion since 2002. <laughs> so, you know, let's he say something about people in out of homes and all of that. Uh, well, you know, he did kick people out of homes oh, yeah. yes. uh, when he bought the, the Wagner Ranch down in Texas. Actually, one of uh, the people that he kicked out, and some people love this guy, but uh, one of the people was so distraught because, obviously, when he bought the ranch, he said, yeah, we're going to maintain what what the ranch has always been. Then he kicked people out of their homes, and they, they were distraught. And so... Well, without getting into all the details of it, I mean, dealing with people with lower incomes wasn't something I particularly <laughs> looked forward to, frankly. And so, so they get the boot. Off you go. Yep. I, have, I have a but question. But he, he, he's done a great job for the Rocks 
for Rocks yeah. Denver Nuggets. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember, too, during the <laughs> Stanley Cup playoffs, was that 2021 when they played Colorado, right? Yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, last year, when they got when they got beat by Colorado, the, the Blues got beat by Colorado. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. It was when I was still on TV. Was well, that yeah, you still were last, last year. year. Yeah, that was. Oh my gosh, <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember if it and was 2022. It was early 2022. Okay, yeah, it was last year. They survived. The, I just remember crazy game. that the, a big thing was that he hadn't upgraded things for the Denver Nuggets and also the Avalanche that much in yeah. the facilities. That's true. Yeah, there was a thing at the beginning of the NBA season. I think the Athletic ranked it kind of like when we saw the the Major League Baseball rankings and the NFL rankings that came out ranked the team by everything, and it was like amenities and. Like things like yeah. the amenities for bra- for the Nuggets was at the, like the very bottom of the league. Wow. Yeah. I oftentimes get stopped in Los Angeles and they'll go, are you that guy? <laughs> you cold, go back to St. Louis. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all rooting for the Heat then. Yeah, and the Heat uh, and Eric Spolstra, they have to find a way to defend the Joker. It is uh, a challenge because, uh, you know, he's arguably the best player on the planet. He's big. He does things uh, different than any other center in the league. He can play a rugged physical game, but he also can play a finesse game. Uh, he really uh, can set other guys up. And then if he needs to score 50 in a playoff game, he has also proven that he can do that. Uh, so there is no quote-unquote stopper for a guy like that. But we're, we're going to rely on our fundamentals and who we are. We just try to make it tough on, on everybody and anybody. Take a, a guys a little bit out of their comfort zone. Take away some of the easy things that they're accustomed to getting but ultimately it's going to come down to competition even if he plays a great game we got to figure it out he's going to bring a, a competitive spirit and there are going to be games where he plays his a game and putting his fingerprints on it and we still have to find a way to, to win the game at the end okay carrie this might be distasteful but work okay. with me here okay udonis haslam never plays right no, not really. Do you remember Kermit Washington? Oh my God! <laughs> and Rudy Tomjanovich? Yes. <laughs> you don't want him to do it. I said Kermit it might be distasteful. Kermit went I preface this by saying it might be distasteful to some. He, I, don't, I don't think we can go that far. Hey, yeah. here's, the, here's the real reason why you can't do that. Jokic has two brothers that are bigger than him in the stands. <laughs> Seven I, foot UD, one. I love, I love you, Donis Haslam. He's a great guy. I don't think anybody, the Marcus, the Morris brothers figured that out quickly. They don't want, nobody wants that problem. No. He's okay on and off the court. You you, you just got to play ball, man. I'm just thinking outside the box here. <laughs> you shouldn't think that far outside the box when those two big brothers are over there like, well, you did what? Okay. They stopped asking them to come to home games yeah. because they were scaring the home fans because of how they would cheer when Nicola had made a play. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you leave them alone and him. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, just, I'm trying to think of ideas for Eric. I think the, the best way is to defend everyone else. Jokic is going to do what he does. does. Uh, Tim Legler was on ESPN last night, and he was breaking down how quickly he gets the ball in and out of his hands, how decisive. Tim Legler called him one of the, the most decisive players he's ever seen in his life. So his decision-making and ability to get the ball in and out of his hands to the right people quickly as possible uh, is, is at an elite level. So he's unique in two ways. One, he will spend most of the game in the exact area of the floor that you're trying to keep the ball out of. Uh-huh. And you can't deny him because he's too big. He's too strong. He holds guys off. Seven-foot point guard. Correct. He's going to catch it. And then the second thing he does, he immediately is going to make a read that's going to pick you apart based on whatever coverage you have, even if you do it almost perfectly. You told me about, in watching the tape, m- m- volumes of tape, you feel like Jokic is what? Yeah, I'm not even, this isn't even prone to exaggeration. This is the most decisive basketball player I've ever seen. 
And basketball is based on a series of decisions, one after another, uh-huh. in rapid speed. Nobody makes them quicker or more correctly, more often, than Nikola Jokic. Everything he does has Decisive. a purpose. So it's impressive, and you'll have an opportunity to hear it tonight. Game one, the Nuggets and the Heat here on 101 ESPN. By the way, last night in baseball, Milwaukee won. They now have a five-game lead over the Cardinals. The Cubs won, so they're tied with the Cardinals for last in the division. And the Pirates won, so they are now four ahead of the Cardinals in the NL Central, and that could obviously change again today with other teams playing and the Cardinals having another day off before starting a series in Pittsburgh tomorrow night. So go Cardinals, beat up on those Pirates over the weekend. Indeed. And the Pirates are saying... Huh? We're four games ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to win every, win it yeah, all, right? According to Randy Carey. Yeah, the 2023 world champion Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Why not? Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk to the head wrestling coach at the University of Missouri. Brian Smith has an unbelievable program. He's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and uh, Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And one of the great athletic programs in our state and really in the country is the Missouri Wrestling Program, which has been stellar for a long time under their coach, Brian Smith. And Brian joins us now on the Celebrity Line here on 101 ESPN. Coach, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for taking some time. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Everything's outstanding. And I know that uh, it's early. It's uh, Heck, we just ended the school year. But uh, I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, and you're already fired up about the 2023-2024 school year. Yeah. This weekend, all our guys get back. They'll get back in for summer school. And we have a ton of camps going on this summer. So it's and back to training. So we'll have everybody here, about 35 guys. And getting ready for next season, which I know there's a lot of excitement. We just released our season tickets and our mat side seats are selling out fast. And so looking forward to it. I mean, we have, we return a great team. So there's a lot of excitement in the air. Coach, we often hear about a lot of different uh, programs and organizations and the way that they do business. You hear about the Cardinal way uh, with the Miami heat. You've heard about the heat culture. What is the, the Mizzou wrestling culture that you all have built and been able to sustain? It's called Tiger Style, and everybody thinks, you know, when you first hear Tiger Style, you think it's like a style of wrestling, but it's not. It's a, it's a lifestyle, and, it's a, and we always say it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's the way you choose to live. And mm-hmm. It starts from the recruiting process of the type of kids we're recruiting and that they understand that you have to have this belief in the way you have to do things and the way, you know, your belief on where you want to be in five years and ten years and and we go through that whole process with them in the recruiting, and we, we get to know the family. We get to know their coaches. So when you look at our program, they're really having, you know, when you look at, you hear about portals and things like that, we had zero in the portal. Our kids are here. They're getting degrees. They're getting high-level degrees. It's just uh, they're here to go to school and to be on a great in a great program competing, you know, for national titles. And, I mean, Keegan O'Toole yesterday just found out, he made the U-20 world team, so he'll be going to Finland in October. But he's also third on the ladder for freestyle now, so that's a pretty cool thing. So he's on technically he's on the U.S. freestyle team too for the old, you know, for the uh, regular division. So it's uh, 
he just keeps moving up the ladder and doing great things. He's already won two national titles. And it's just when you choose to live that lifestyle, good things are going to happen. And I, I have one team rule, and the guys know that. If you ask them, they'd be like, yeah, i got to go to every class. Mm-hmm. That's all I worry about. They go to every class, they're going to graduate. And I know they're going to show up for practice. They're going to commit to it and enjoy it. And we're going to have good things happen. Coach, you talked about recruiting. What type of young men, when you're out on the road going to high schools and, and looking for young men, what are you looking for? Well, I mean, obviously it starts with the elite wrestlers, but we take those elite wrestlers and we're, when we're looking at them, I want to see what their mentality is when things don't go right. So I watch matches, not only you know that they're winning these national tournaments and doing well, but also if they lose. And how do they respond to a loss? And when I'm asking questions on, so how do you think the match went? And if they're making excuses, then they're kind of in that fixed mindset. If they're telling me that, man, I made mistakes here, but I'm in the room working on it, and I got to get better because I got to finish that position, then I know they're going to be able to handle when they come to our room where it's going to be a real big step, and it's going to be difficult that they're going to have the ability in their mindset to grow and have a growth mindset. So. Looking for that first, that's a big thing. But then, of course, then it's academic. With uh, the NCAA only allows you to have 9.9 scholarships. So when you look at that in 10 weight classes, you have to spread out that money. And if you can find kids that are high-level kids academically, they can, uh, they can qualify for academic money. And we do a really, really good job with that. I, I coached five years a long, long time ago. I think it was 92 to 97 shows my age there at Cornell University, which is an Ivy League. So in that, I was learning to become a better coach, but also the type of kids you can coach and you know, the high-level kids. And we were in the top ten in the country. I coached a national champ and a bunch of All-Americans, and they're still a great program. But it, it, it allowed me to learn that you can go find these high-level kids that enjoy learning, and they learn in the classroom, and they have that same ability on the mat. So it's just it's through this whole process of me evolving as a coach. I've gotten better and better at it, and I have a growth mentality, I hope. And we have. We have evolved, and we continue to get better. Brian, uh, Mizzou is working on engaging more of the fans here in St. Louis, and I am reading an article right now where you're a big part of that as well. What, is, what stood out to you about having engaging the fans more here in St. Louis? Well, you know, I come out there and speak all the time. I think I think Monday I'm speaking out in St. Louis at the golf outing, but and I was just out there for the the home tour, and it was really to promote that we're going to have that you know zoo in the loo with uh, you know not only there's football, there's basketball, men's and women out there. I think, and uh, I think we're going to have a gymnastics meet out there, but wrestling we're going to wrestle at the theater. I think it's the Steeple Theater at. Uh, the day before the basketball game, so the night before the basketball game, Illinois and Mizzou will get on the mats on the theater on the stage, which will just be a great atmosphere. And I think it fits 3,200 people. So I know that tickets, you know, when they eventually do go on sale, they will not last long. That'll be a great, great atmosphere. And it's just bringing bringing the product to St. Louis. I think we have an amazing product. With you know, we'll be ranked top two or three in the country, you know, early in the season, like right around then, and hopefully one. But uh, going after it and bringing it to the crowd there in St. Louis, we have a lot of alumni. I I know a lot of high school coaches that wrestle for me or coaching in that area. So I just think, you know, having the ability to bring our show to St. Louis is, you know, the fans appreciate that. And I know they – 
we've hosted, I think it's not eight or nine NCAAs in St. Louis mm-hmm. with the sports commission. And so my relationship with like a Chris Roseman has goes back 20 something years and we've worked together and really by hosting NCAAs in St. Louis, it's grown our fan base, the knowledge of going to that event, the knowledge of media, seeing an event and the enormity of it has really brought a lot of attention to our sport and to the program at Mizzou and grown wrestling at all levels in the state of Missouri. Brian Smith, the head coach of the dominant Mizzou wrestling program with us on 101 ESPN. Brian, a couple more things. Number one, you showed me a video of the way the fans react. The the fans there in Columbia are fired up when you guys go to the mat, aren't, aren't they? They are, and they fire our team up. And uh, that video you probably saw was probably Noah Certain when he pinned, the, I think it was the kid from Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And it was a big duel. They were ranked second or third in the country at the time, and we were somewhere in the top ten, but we knocked them off. And, and it just, when we put people on their back, just six, five, 6,000 people, just uh, you, the old Hearn Center, I, and I love it mm-hmm. still. I hope they never tear it down is one of the loudest buildings there can be. I mean, I remember when basketball used to play and it would be sold out, but when we, and it just the loudness and the building would shake and person on their back and pin them, the place just erupts and it shakes. It's just awesome. It's a, and the guys love it. Well, also speaking to the success that you've had with Tiger Style in your program, you've also had a lot of guys go on to fight in the UFC, including Michael Chandler. Do you do you give any of those guys any advice or still talk to them? Yeah, my advice is get the hell out of it. Because <laughs> I think there's such, there, you know, when you think of Tyron Woodley, who's right there from Ferguson, and then Michael went to Northwest High School. And so we've we just, and even now there's a, uh, there's got you know Ben got out of it, but he was in the UFC fighting, and then uh, Johnny Eblen's the Bellator champ right now. You'd think Coach Smith was like, all right, now it's summertime, let's work on fighting. And I'm always like, use your mind, man. Go get a real, <laughs> go get, when I say a real job, go get a job where you're not going to be getting hit in the head. <laughs> exactly. But Michael right. Michael's doing great things. You know, he's got the TV show with the UFC now, and him and. Uh, have a big fight whenever they announce it. I know that sucker will sell out real quick. And I told him that is one I will go to. I don't care where it is. Uh, everybody has talked about that, that when that show, you know, each and Connor and him are coaching a team. It's really cool because Michael's even called me. And he's like, coach, I may need some coaching tips. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can help you with the fight thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm Irish, but I don't know if I can teach you anything about fighting, you know, that way with all the chokeholds and things like that, the jujitsu stuff. So, but I do, I do think it is, it is a big selling point because the, the, kids watch that stuff so when i i'm out recruiting and they're saying man i saw you have all these guys and that guy wrestled for you or you know when they hear of all the guys that are in the ufc or you know being having that great success it's a great recruiting tool because wrestling you know we have the olympic level where Jaden and ben have gone to the olympics but that's hard because that's every four years where fighting industry is going on constantly every week there's a fight so it's a, a big selling point that if it's something you're interested in, that we do have guys that have gone through it, have agents, and have, know how to go through the fight industry. So we sell that as a recruiting tool. Brian Smith, it's great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. And as the season starts, we will absolutely be speaking to you more. And I will see you at the golf tournament on Monday. Oh, great. I'll see you then. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. See you later. All right. Take care. You too. Brian Smith, he is the wrestling coach at 
certainly the most dominant college program in Missouri, any sport, the Mizzou wrestling program is the one. Oh, yeah. And it, his audio kind of dipped out a little bit. So Michael Chandler will be fighting, fighting Conor McGregor. So yeah. if he can get him tickets, to, I feel like he should get him tickets to that, too. I right? think so. Yeah. 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 It just shows how much success that he has had over the years, even though if, if he doesn't want them in UFC, Tiger style seems to translate that mentality, that way about going about things seems to translate well. Absolutely. And Mizzou and Illinois, night before bragging rights. I may have to be there. Steve I, I, I maybe get two for one. Go to both of them. Bragging rights game, go to the wrestling match. I got I to gotta see that. Yeah, I'm in, I, I, I actually am starting to get into wrestling. Some of my kids wrestle from the high school, uh-huh. so I go and support them. And it's, it's fun to see them having success in other sports, so I enjoy it. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to see some changes in Major League Baseball. Greg Amzinger told us about them this morning. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. This is a way for the sport to own its own content, monetize it on a daily basis, and make it much, much easier for fans to access it, to consume it, and, and at the end of the day, the goal is to be younger. We want our viewers to be younger. We're seeing younger fans in baseball stadiums. Attendance is up astronomically thanks to the pitch clock. And ratings are good. And, and I think this, this is a way to enhance younger viewers sinking their teeth into baseball. And while it sounds scary at first to people in St. Louis, like, where's my Cardinal game going to be? Don't worry. Down the line, you will be able to watch a Cardinal game anywhere at any time if they're playing. Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, earlier this morning talking about the inevitability of Bally Sports. At some point, here in St. Louis, Bally Sports is going to be around for a while. They've got a long-term contract with the Cardinals. The Cardinals are their crown jewel. So they are going to stop paying the Cardinals. But when you have a market like San Diego, where historically the fans have not tuned into the games, and Bally is paying $60 million a year, Bally is able to use their situation now with bankruptcy to not pay rights fees. And so starting last night, the Padres were on a different channel on cable in San Diego and their games were fully available free on MLB.tv. And this is the way the, the Major League Baseball is going to wind up going. All the games are going to be available via Major League Baseball. It's not going to be somebody paying rights fees. They're going to produce and sell their own product and eliminate the middleman. You mentioned something yesterday about the average age of baseball fans and uh, how, how they can consume or how they do consume their sports. Normally, it's through cable TV. So if you have to go through an app or Apple TV or those are just different it's going to be different for them. It may take a while for those that are uncomfortable or unfamiliar to catch up. Do you think that's going to impact how many views baseball is getting if they decide to go that route? Well, right now, and for the foreseeable future, MLB has channels purchased on cable. Mm-hmm. So last night the Padres were just on a different channel. It was just an MLB production rather than Bally Sports. I don't think that that will be an issue. I think okay. until there is no more cable, which might come sooner rather than later, by the way, there will be baseball so. on cable. I hope so. Yeah, it's well, it's 
It's I'm going sick of it. Oh, <laughs> that, that was earlier. See, and, and I'm a cable guy. I don't have any trouble at all with with cable. And I am I'm right in that demographic. As the average of a 57 year old, I'm 60. So I'm different, and I I am fine consuming sports on cable TV. I like the quality of the picture. I like the quality of the sound. But there are others who don't care as much about that and just want to see a game and. If they perceive that it's going to be cheaper, it's not, but they perceive it, then good for them. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of pros and cons to this, but this is the way the things are going. It felt like it was coming even more to a head with COVID and how everything was going with that, where you're having a lot of people cut the cord, not seeing a reason to have cable, especially younger generations, because they get all their information via online. So they're fine. They're used Mm -hmm. to the streaming option, even if it costs more than what you would be paying for cable after you're done paying all those streaming services, because I've done that before, too. Have you guys done that where you're like, wait a minute, That's why I'm I paying said, how just, much money for and, all these streaming services? And not using all of them. Yeah, it's and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But it's kind of the same thing you dealt with with cable. It's like, I don't need all these channels, but it's just the way that things are going. Right now, I use, um, I think it's Fubo. Fubu mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever Fubo. I like Fubu. Fubu's I like better, Fubu yeah. better. Uh, Fubo TV, and I mm. like it because I can be anywhere and I can just stream the game mm-hmm. right there. I, I don't have to be at home sitting in front of a TV, and Which it just I seems can, Spectrum has the app. Yeah, I can do the same. And thing I don't with have Spectrum any app. issues with watching it or whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. but I I just like that you have that option, and that's the way that things are going. That it's going to be the thing is the advertisement uh, advertisement revenue that you're used to getting with TV and cable. That's something that has been a format that's worked for so long, and just switching all that over, getting people in that mindset of all right, you got to get over to streaming, and how that will look money wise for yeah. everybody too. So if with Bally's, are, if they are completely going bankrupt and they are no longer, if they no longer have games on their television, how, how, on their station, how does that affect the Cardinals? Well, if, if Bally would go away, and I, I do think that Bally, they, they claim that they have cash and that they're going to be able to keep the franchises that are important to them, like Even while the you're filing for bankruptcy. Right, because they're, they've already gone through the process now, and they, they have cash. But eventually, Major League Baseball is going to want to take everything in-house. Mm-hmm. And every game will, mm-hmm. it'll be like the NFL. Every Major League game in the Eastern time zone will start at 610, right? And, and Or... 610 St. Louis time. Yeah. Every game in the central time zone will start at 710 St. Louis time. And then 810 in the mountain, 910 in the Pacific. And my anticipation would be that much like what you see with the NFL, with the NFL Today or Fox NFL Sunday or uh, those, those shows, I would think that you'll probably see a template on a national level to get you ready for the night of baseball. Well, and what's interesting too, because going looking at MLS, remember when they had when they signed up with Apple TV, seeing that trend. Now yep. they obviously have a much younger audience. Their average audience age is probably going to be in your 30s. I think it's exactly it's very 40. yeah, it's very very young. So when you saw that trend start to go over, I you know that other big companies are looking at that as well to see how that's going to go. And the NFL has done that, right? The NFL yeah. has sold a lot of their inventory to for example they've they're going to have a playoff game next year on Peacock they've already got the games on Amazon on Thursday nights so everybody's headed that way Yes. Yes. Somebody. So somebody texted this in. This is interesting. How will this affect the Yankees and Yes TV? Just wondering why the Cardinals haven't started their own network. It is interesting that the Cardinals haven't. And by the way, the Cardinals own 30 percent of Bally Midwest. So that's part of it. But there are some sacred cows. 
and the S Network is one. The Marquee Network is going to be one. Nesson in Boston is going to be one. The network, even though it's not distributed well in L.A., the Dodgers Network is going to be one. I think Base uh, Bay Area, NBC Bay Area Bay is one. Yeah. Uh, there's like five or six sacred cows among the local uh, TV networks, and, and the Yes Network is pr- protected. So is, uh, what's the Mets one? Uh, that Gary Apple works for in Hernandez. What? It? Uh, it's, uh, yes. Yes. No. S M Y. Yeah. Yep. S M Y. So there's there are some protected classes there. Meanwhile, another thing Greg pointed out is that he really believes that the Cardinals are going to be fine. He thinks that we haven't seen the real Cardinals yet, and that at some point, even though we're past Memorial Day, we aren't at Flag Day yet. He thinks they're going to kick in. I don't think we've really seen the real version of the Cardinals yet. I really don't. I, I said this to you guys last time. Every single team of every season I've ever covered, they go through a horrible stretch where they're the worst team in baseball for two weeks. Cardinals got that out of their system. I still think the San Diego Padres are a playoff team. And, and they are. They look like a dumpster fire right now. You have no idea what you're about to get with the San Diego Padres. But they're getting their worst baseball out of the way. It just happens that way. And and the Cardinals are going to have to reconfigure the rotation. Are you believers? Do you think that the Cardinals are going to be fine and that we've just seen the worst that they'll have to offer? Yeah, if the pitching continues to, to pitch as Michaelis did in his last outing. And if you figure out what you're going to do with this outfield right. situation. The outfield is a problem. It, it, it is a, a big problem. And and the, it's a problem because you told us it wasn't a problem, and now it is a huge problem. It was, it was too many, now there's not yep. enough. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it was very encouraging, Miles Michaelis, his numbers and how, how they improved. I pointed this out earlier, but in 28 innings pitched over his last four games, he's an average of seven innings per game, allowed only four earned runs, struck out seven, 17. I mean, he tied that career high with 10 strikeouts the other night. You needed somebody to kind of break through like that. Mm-hmm in that starting rotation and you hope that some of the other guys will follow suit as well because his progression has been exactly what the Cardinals needed with that starting rotation and you hope some other guys will kind of catch fire with that as well it, offensively too having figuring out the outfield I feel like could help a lot with that as well with getting some at least some more consistency where it's not all on Nor- Nolan Arnato and Nolan Gorman absolutely and by the way we mentioned this earlier if you didn't hear it of all National League teams, Cardinal starting pitchers have more innings pitched than any other National League team. Now, there are seven American League teams where they have more innings from their starters. And I think that's in large part because they're more in tune with having the universal DH. All of those teams and all those managers have figured out how to handle a bullpen differently with the designated hitter. In the National League, you're in your second year of that. But the Cardinals, with 303 innings pitched from their starters, are number one in the National League. Pirates are second. Padres are third. And Braves are fourth. So for all of us, and I'm one of us, that Mm. says we don't get enough innings out of our starters, relatively speaking, we get more than everybody else in the National League. (laughs) So we shouldn't have anything to say, right? No, no. Got I mean, no, you shouldn't. But clearly, it's still got to be better. Got to be better. But it benefits because you just look at that game with Miles Michaelis and Giovanni Gallegos. I mean, when your offense is kind of sputtering, it helps, right? When you the the two best teams that the Cardinals have had that I've seen, the '85 team and the '04 team, both lost the World Series, by the way. But once Memorial Day hit, man, every single night their starter was giving them seven innings, and that's. 
that's why they were great because of great starting pitching. If they have that many starting, if they have that many innings for the starting pitchers, then that means the relief pitchers are a little bit of a problem. Obviously, the blown saves are an issue, but it kind of exacerbates to me the fact that you get rid of your best reliever and a guy like Zach Thompson again for a future move when mm-hmm. it was about winning now. You know, what, what what do they go in that nineteen? You know, do they get fifteen wins in that nineteen game stretch instead of just twelve? You know, is there is there a couple wins before that nineteen game stretch where it goes a different way because you have one inning better of long relief that you didn't have because you sent down Thompson? It's still a weird mood in conjunction with the outfield and the fact that we still don't know who's starting on Saturday if it's going to be Libertor or Mets. Yep. Uh, exactly he's right. Libertor. It, 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 right? yeah. ESPN has it li- listed yeah. as Libertor right now. Has it been? Has, was there an official announcement from the so. Cardinals? They haven't made it. That's odd to me. Yeah. Huh? Coming up, we've got rock and roll, <laughs> and we will tell you why Johnny Unitas, you might have heard that he was the greatest quarterback of all time. He sucked. There's another guy, too, a running back. He's... Yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about a couple of players that are just falsely labeled as being good. <sighs> Next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is time for rock and roll. And before we get to Matthew Rocchio, a couple things. Kerry Davis is not only a former... NFL player and uh, and a Super Bowl champ, but he's also a guy who's paid attention to the sport. He's a, a coach. He, he he knows the history of the sport. I think it's and, important uh, to know your history. Last week, last week we uh, heard about the passing of yeah. one Jim Brown. Kerry, mm-hmm. uh, did you know he never played in the NFL? I, I mean, yeah, clearly, because after 1966 is when we start counting records. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and so uh, Jim Brown's last year was 1965, <laughs> and so therefore. According to this studio, mm-hmm. nothing after or nothing before that took place. Exactly. So he's, he's so the the record books goes number nine in rushing is Eric Dickerson. Number ten is Don, Tony Dorsett, and then you go to number twelve, Marshall Falk. You just skip over. Skip you know. over. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now another <laughs> another player that is oftentimes. And I've heard it, especially from old-timey people, mm-hmm. that Johnny Unitas was just great. Okay, good. Johnny Johnny Unitas had 58 touchdown passes in his mm. career. Uh, and I know the record book might say 290, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah. It was not. How it many, was, it was 58. Many? Oh, man. 58. That brings he, his numbers down. He's not great. Jim Hart no. was way better than Johnny yeah, Unitas. Way yeah. better than Johnny Unitas. How many Unitas? other people you think that, that, that uh, does that for? I mean, you got... Yeah, you got a lot of people that have played oh. prior to 66, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, yeah. I mean, you run down that list of the Western Pennsylvania quarterbacks, and it's, uh, I mean, you talk about, Mark Bolger was so much better than Johnny United. So much better. 58 touchdown passes, that's nothing. That's not great. What do we got for rock and roll here? Oh. Um, how about oh, this? by the way, this, was a, oh. this is not an inside joke. If you've listened to the entire show or you listen on the podcast, brought to you by Dobbs Iron Auto Center. <laughs> this is a result of a question on the fight today. <laughs> you could go back and listen <laughs> yeah. to Why Rocky O's sweating yeah. a little bit. Norm Van Brocklin. We can just... Never existed. Yeah, they didn't... Never ex- Crazy not. Legs Hirsch. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> Hacks. It didn't happen. Don Hudson. Don Hudson. Benaric. Oh my goodness. Who is Don Hudson? Would be born born 15 years too early. Mm, 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 mm. That sucks. Otto Graham and Sid Luckman are very disappointed in you, Rock. You've got got Mike Singletary. You've got Brian Urlacher. You've got Mm. Lance Briggs. Didn't have Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus didn't count. Nope. 
Eh, well, he actually, he he he's seventy one. Yeah, yeah he, hurt like right. Yeah, sixty five. So. His his rookie year didn't count. Yeah. Okay. First two Is it years. almost like the Old Testament, New Testament? Uh, some clearly. people only pick, yep. you know, one. One or the other. I mean, yeah. that's a whole. A solid, <laughs> a solid NFL career. I just wish you could have done it better in the Super Bowl <laughs> era. Did you guys ever see the movie? And you, this might be out of your time realm, but you need to check it out. It's by Mel Brooks, and it's called History of the World Part One. Oh, God. Never seen it. And it's, no. got, uh, it's got Moses coming down from the mountains with three tablets and he says I bring you these 15 and then he drops one and it breaks these 10 commandments <laughs> I was not expecting a Mel Brooks reference oh, thank you so much Randy I love his view of the world god Mel Brooks is a genius um, yesterday was the deadline for college players to take themselves out of the NFL draft or formally declare for it so congratulations to former SLU guard Yuri Collins who officially yesterday um, according to Stu Durano and John Rothstein both of them getting a message from Yuri Collins' father saying that he is going to stay in the uh, 2023 NBA draft. So good luck to Yuri as he goes through the pre-draft process, and we'll hope hopefully he gets his name called on draft night. On the other side, I know Kerry's pretty happy because late last night we all got we I got a, a bump from ESPN that said uh, two of the best Illini. Yeah. You got Terrence Shannon and, Coleman Haw- and, and Coleman Hawkins are both coming back for the Illini. Obviously, Hawkins, the versatile forward, led the team in rebounds, assists, and steals. And then you have your best scorer in Terrence Shannon coming back. Kerry Davis, how you feeling about your Illini going into next year? Feeling great, man. You know we uh, had not a not a great season. Had some had some issues. There's little Rocky Sky Clark decided he didn't Oof. want to play yeah. anymore oh, for yeah. for the yeah. uh, the the old Illini. But we we righted things, got things going in the correct direction, and I. I'm hoping that uh, next season, you know, Coach Underwood, stay on him. I love it. I, I, I love an intense coach. I love a coach that that really pulls the best out of his players. And it takes a certain type of mindset to deal with that type of coach. You got to either block it out or really lean into it and continue to play. And, Kerry, so. it's a good thing that you guys got both your boys back because a few hours before the Hawkins and Shannon news came out, uh, Zach Eddy, the <laughs> – the He's National huge, College huge, Player of the Year well. is coming back as well. So your Big Ten boys being. are going to have to deal with yeah. two more times of yeah. Zach Eddie and Purdue. He's, He's not a, winning Player of the Year again. No? No. He's a large person. He is a large person. He is a large person. They they took an L early in the tournament, though. He's probably coming back for that reason. They were, uh, they were weren't they at one, yeah. Yeah. 116, yeah. They, right? Victimized? Right. And that yeah. was... Uh, they were one of the. I mean, they they didn't go coast to coast because the the beginning of the year, obviously, the first overall spot in college basketball changed like eight times. It was like a record changing times. But after things kind of settled down in December, Purdue ran, yeah, and it, it was an impressive run. So I mean, I think this is why. I think you saw it last year, Oscar Deshibwe, who was one of the best players in college mm-hmm. basketball at Kentucky, he stayed for this next year. He's going to the NBA draft. Yeah, that's but, strange. But I, it's not strange to me. He stayed probably one year longer than people expected him. But I do like that NIL is keeping some of these kids longer than we would expect. Tashiba would have gone his, last year if there wasn't NIL. His draft status dropped, though. He's a number 75 in the draft rankings right now where if he'd have went last year, he he, he may not. I mean, he probably was will get drafted. I thought so. Last year, I thought so. And this year, he might be a second round to an undrafted guy, which... 
Brooke, you, this might sound weird, but it, back in the day, you could not get a ticket for the Missoula-Illinois basketball game. Man, it was, it was beautiful. And, and I've heard about it. Split I, right down the middle. Yep. Yeah, I was covered bragging rights. I covered it, this move, sorry. <laughs> I covered bragging rights for a couple of years. And I mean, it would still draw a pretty big crowd, but I always heard about just how Electric. huge it was for yeah. a while there. And it's going to be back because of these two coaches. A big part of it was Norm Stewart and Lou Henson back in the day. Yeah. And having Gates and Underwood, I think, will bring that rivalry back. I think that they'll, Mizzou and Illinois, will be able to fill the Enterprise Center, and I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere again. And on a completely other way, Frosker Deshiwe, another SEC player whose draft status has been going up, he's staying in the draft, and that is, of course, Mizzou's Kobe Brown. He's staying in the draft. This is a guy who was an outside of the draft player to start the year, and by the end of the year, they were talking about late second round, and now he's kind of moved his spot up to around the, the, the mid-40s is what people are ranking him right now when you look at mock drafts of the NBA and things like that. So congratulations to Kobe Brown. Obviously just an incredible basketball career at Missouri, and, and Bragging rights game is going to be a little bit trickier with, with Illinois keeping <laughs> yeah. some of their great players and Mizzou losing their best one. Going to be a little tricky, but uh, we'll see what Dennis Gates can do. Has Love picked a spot yet, by the way? He yeah. Yes, going he's to Arizona. Arizona. Oh, good yeah. call. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a smart good. place for him to go. Yeah, it is a really good spot. He'll, they, they've got some NIL money there. Uh, they they got some something out there. Yeah. They're doing they're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Kiwan Garris. That was my first experience of yeah. Illinois. Basketball. The one at the Watch, arena? Yeah. Last one at the arena. Watching him, watching the, the Illini, that was my, when I learned about the bragging rights game, I was like, oh, I like this. It was pretty cool. That uh, night was well, yeah. triple overtime. Yeah. Good basketball. That was fun. Yep. Those were the days. Uh, we've got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up here on 101 ESPN. Do we have a long show tomorrow? We do. So. Tim, well, it's yeah. Friday, so Tim's taking off. You all do. I, I, you're, you're, I'm out of here at 10. Yeah. I got, I got, <laughs> got things to do. You aren't putting up with the Tim McKernan <laughs> yeah, yeah, unlimited love, vacation anymore. <laughs> but I, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, Brooke and I and Matthew will be here till 11 tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, you've got T-Mac and Ajax coming up till 11, became Ferrario until 2, and then the fast lane from 2 to 6 here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, our producer and audio engineer, great job today. By the way, let me tell you something. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I turned 56 in a blink this morning. Uh, you lost those years? Yeah, they don't count. Yeah, they just don't count. There's a positive spin on yeah. it. There Thank you, you very much. Yeah. Pleasure. <laughs> Brooke? This has been great, witnessing all this today. This is, it's it's fun for me. That's part of my day. I think Carrie and I enjoy it. It's, it's, it gets a little tense on the other I'm side. I'm glad you have fun, damn it. <laughs> we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.